announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Yeah, has. Yeah, it's the voice of the new team. Inviting you tonight, number two. And your host, it's Mario. Here we go. Chilling the anti hair of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R, and my co host for the Lucci Awards. He's the analysis of the L O C. He's a man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor and Honor Club, okay? And Honor Club. And AR Fox. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar yeah. for the Meat Streets yeah. of Long Island. It's Raider Radar! I feel like I'm back in, uh, you know, Super Mario days over here. <laughs> Playing on my GameCube, you know. No, good old days. Ryan is, Ryan is really showing his age because he said GameCube. Yeah, For me you, and Leo, it's like Nintendo no. and Super Nintendo. I had the OG, and, baby. And yeah, Game Boy. Bro. I had the OG, guys. GameCube, baby. GameCube. I mean, I had GameCube, too. But. Oh, good old, days. Yeah. good old days. Yeah. That's not that's not great way to start the show. You made everybody feel old now. All right, welcome <laughs> to night two, night part two. De, yeah. of the Lucci Awards. Lucci Awards. Awards. Oh, there you go. Before we get started, hey Leo. Yeah, what's up? Congratulations. <laughs> you played yourself. So You gotta you gotta do it twice though. Congratulations! Yeah. You played this. Can we can we redo the congratulations list? <laughs> yeah, like right. Redo, yeah. Like just forget everything we said yesterday because like we we got a new number one. Well, first we got to give the congratulations to Leo because <laughs> because if you somehow missed the live episode yesterday and you listen to the podcast version, it just starts in yeah. mid conversation. There's no intro. There's no. no nothing. You still get the whole show. You get the whole award show. But Leo fucked up. Yeah, I you fucked up. up. Right, so, fucked we gotta, up. so we got a you new number up. one and a new number two. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Honorable mention. <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of honorable, that's a great segue. There you go. Because before we break down the last three categories. The last three categories. Can we just talk about Ring of Honor real quick? So let's start with the positive. Let's talk Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Ring of Honor. ROH. So they had final battle yesterday. And listen, the the show was good. I thought it was a very enjoyable show. We had another classic from the Briscoes and FTR, a very brutal Violent. What a match. Excellent Doc Holler match. And we got new tag team champions. Also, my girl Athena. She defeated my other girl, Mercedes Martinez, but I can't complain. Athena finally got her moment. Big Athena guy over here. Love me some Athena. Big guy. Okay. And the main event, you know, really good match between Claudio and Jericho. And I know nobody really cared about this match going into it, especially with the stipulation. But like, we all expected some type of deal announcement or something for the future of Ring of Honor at this press scrum, right? The second Chris Jericho dropped the title to Claudio in a very interesting fashion after 31 um, spins, okay? Mm-hmm. He taps out, and we have a new 
ROH World Champion. And listen, the fans popped. I think the fans were surprised too, but... And new. Yeah, the fans were into it, and we got a new champion in Claudia. And I'm like, this is not good. And mm-hmm. not because... And listen, I like Claudio, all right? I don't want people to think that I'm slandering Claudio. It's not that. But when we're thinking about stock here, Chris Jericho has a lot more stock than Claudio. Yeah. But Definitely. if... We're going into this new wave, this new... He's got a lot more marketability. Right. This new era of Ring of Honor, right? You would think Chris Jericho's your guy. Chris Jericho's the guy to take this new Ring of Honor into this direction, and he drops the title, so I'm like, okay, this can't be good. So we get this media scrum, all right? Uh, Athena was on the media scrum, Samoa Joe, Wheeler Yuta, who's very well-spoken. He's so well-spoken, Wheeler Yuta, this guy, Wheeler Yuta, He's actually more, like, relatable, and you get more intrigued by just him having a normal conversation when, when he cuts promos. I kind of wish we saw, like, this delivery of Wheeler Yuta, like, in on TV, but that's not here or there. Claudio was also on the media scrum. Samoa Joe was funny on the media scrum because he was literally intimidating all the media in his media scrum. It was great. Tony Khan also gets his uh, moment to talk to the media, and when I tell you this man did a whole runaround, to answer the future Ring of Honor. But we found out what's the future Ring of Honor. Starting in 2023 at some point, we're going to get weekly ROH TV. That's dumb. On Honor Club. Yes. Honor Club is returning. Right now you can subscribe to Honor Club in a soft launch for only $9.99. Where have you heard that before? And you're going to get fresh weekly Ring of Honor content. But we're not sure if it's going to be live or pre-recorded. You know, pre-tape. On top of that, only for 90 days, all right, after the pay-per-view airs, you'll get the Ring of Honor pay-per-views on there. Not like the original Honor Club where you would get the pay-per-views part of this subscription. To me, this is a fail and this is an L, all right? And I know some of you are like, hey, let's give it a chance or whatever. And who knows? Who knows? Who's to say? We could wait and see and maybe it turns out to be something. I just don't see that happening. I don't know how anybody would want to subscribe to Honor Club. And I I get you get all the back catalog. You get all the old pay-per-views and all the Ring of Honor content. I understand that. But your selling point is $9.99 for fresh weekly content that we don't even know if it's going to be live. Okay? I just don't see this being a success in my book. I thought personally... The way to go was HBO Max. And I know some of you were saying, like, well, you know, Ring of Honor is not necessarily like a marketable brand like that, like an AEW, where even if you're a casual fan or even if you don't watch wrestling, but you see the AEW logo, you're instantly like, oh, yeah. that's the wrestling company that's on TBS that I that I see commercials for, etc. Well, what if they went in the route, like, if you, if you went on HBO Max and you saw AEW presents Ring of Honor, I feel like some of the casuals are be like, oh, AEW, oh, Ring of Honor, I've heard of that before. Let me check this out. Maybe that was a way to market it in on HBO Max. The other route I thought was, don't bring back Honor Club. Just put the Ring of Honor Weekly TV on Fight Plus. Yeah. And even Lacey's Lacey, agreeing yeah, with Lacey, it. Lacey, she don't like so it. why not put it on Fight Plus? Because you get more bang for your buck if you're like, okay, I'm subscribing to Fight Plus for the weekly Ring of Honor TV, but then I get so much extra out of it. Oh, let me check out GCW. I don't know what that is. Let me check that out. Let me check out Black Label Pro and other independent wrestling that's on Fight Plus. 
You could keep the Ring of Honor pay-per-views on traditional pay-per-view, but the weekly Ring of Honor product you put in on Fight Plus, and then you get so much shit for the viewer. I don't see this being a success, man. And this is not coming from a place of hate because I watched the pay-per-view last night. I thought the pay-per-view was great. Um, I will be shocked if somehow, some way, this new version of Honor Club gets 100 subscribers. I thought the direction was like, if you're going to maybe revamp Honor Club and make it like an AEW subscription uh, service where you get all the back catalog, you get like the, I don't know, maybe after like a month or whatever change, you get the pay-per-views, you get the Dynamites and the Rampages after a week, and then you get also the back catalog of Ring of Honor. I thought maybe some type of all elite subscription base, and then that's the home for the Ring of Honor TV, that will work better to me than in a fucking honor club where, bullshit. Where, where is AW Dark? On YouTube, right? YouTube, yep. Okay. Because yeah. what I was going to say, okay, if, if, you, if you're trying to get anything to come to Honor Club, because you have to give them something in order for people to, to subscribe. And I think with every subscription service that you have nowadays, you have to really put that up there. Do I really want to spend $9.99 on this, or can I spend $9.99 on Hulu and watch new content? Because, again, if, if you're just doing it for that in the back catalog, you can find most of that shit on YouTube anyway. Ryan, what do you think? It's funny because after the Full Gear press conference um, or in the media scrum, Tony Khan was asked about, you know, Ring of Honor being, uh, you know, like on YouTube, for example, like AEW Dark is. And he specifically said Ring of Honor deserves better than being put on YouTube. <laughs> but, I mean, YouTube would be a lot better place for Ring of Honor than the Honor Club, in my opinion, because everybody watches YouTube, right? I mean, like, everybody can have easy access to it. Instead, you're asking people to pay nine ninety nine a month mm-hmm. for weekly Ring of Honor television, like you said, which is, we don't even know if it's taped. We don't know if it's live. Either way, it still is not enough, in my opinion. And you still got to pay 40 bucks to watch the pay-per-views because you don't get the pay-per-views on there until 90 days after the pay-per-view is on the air. Yeah. That is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. That's w- way too much to ask for people. And, I mean, what a waste of time, man. Like, Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor back in March. And this whole entire time, we're thinking, oh, something big's going on, right? Like, he hasn't announced a, a new plan for TV, so he must be in deep negotiations with something like an HBO Max or something like that. For it to just end up back on Honor Club, I mean, what a waste of freaking time. This is this couldn't be a bigger L in my opinion, and again, like you know, I know we have fun. I have fun specifically shitting on Ring of Honor, but like this to me, it's <laughs> we, just, we haven't noticed. <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, <laughs> it's uh yeah. I mean, my goodness, uh, what an epic disaster this is going to be. I'm really curious to see the numbers of subscribers uh, for this because. This just doesn't seem worth it, in my opinion. I mean, my goodness, Ring of Honor really, you're telling me Ring of Honor really just doesn't matter at this point. I'll be shocked if they get 100,000 subscribers. I'll be shocked with that number alone. So what yeah. ha- what happens with YouTube, right? And and so right now, what AEW is trying to do with AEW Dark is show, hey, we have enough ratings that we can put this somewhere. But what happens with YouTube is you can't bullshit a bullshitter, Right. You get what you get and you don't get upset. In order for you to get, that's just like Roman, but in order for you to get 100,000 views, 200,000 views, you have to invest more money into it. So now this is where I believe Tony, like, you know, puso reversa, right? He put it in reverse and said, no, 
I'm already putting money into AEW Dark and the production side to be able to boost all this stuff to get new viewers and things like that because you're not going to get it organically for AEW Dark and I don't think you're going to get it organically for Ring of Honor either unless you're doing something new, unless you find a way to get that information. What I think might happen is that he now takes a segment out of AEW TV to promote this Ring of Honor thing by having a Ring of Honor match. That's the only thing that makes sense. More you use Ring it of Honor on your AEW program. No, no, no. Baby. But take take all the other shit out, right? Kind of do. Remember what what uh when? Well, I don't know if you guys are young, but when SmackDown first debuted, right? What they would do is they would have one of one of the people from SmackDown come in and wrestle, but then they will give you like that video package of what happened on the one before and what's going to happen later. So if you were there watching Raw. Then you were now emotionally invested in SmackDown. I think that's the only way. I don't know if you guys think the same way, but I think that's the only way that you can actually get the viewership to grow or even get that 999 because it's too steep. It would. I was trying to be like, I was trying to get like some sense into all this. And I was thinking, I was even giving them a pass. It was like, listen, you you get all the back catalog with Honor Club. You get fresh weekly Ring of Honor TV. And... You will get the pay-per-views. If you give me that deal, then I'm like, okay, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you get the pay-per-views included, I could justify this a little bit more. But just weekly TV? No. No, 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 We have way too many weekly wrestling shows during the week that we can watch for free. You're asking me to pay $10 to watch this weekly television? No, 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 no. no. And not, not only that, but, like, time. how many streaming services are we paying for nowadays? Yeah. Take, let's, right. remove, let's remove wrestling from the conversation, okay? Netflix, HBO Max, Paramount Plus, Pacock, uh, fucking Hulu, well, um, with the, ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, uh, another. But yeah. yeah. so with those, figure if you were just paying $5 for each of those. You just rambled off nine. Right? Nine at $5, that's still $45. And we know that none of them are $5. I know I'm paying like 17 for Netflix. I know I'm paying like 10 or 12 for Disney Plus. So once you start to add it up, whatever happened to cut the cable and and get, you know, these streaming services, now you're paying over $250. Nobody's going to pay $250. So again, Ring of Honor is, is no more. So Ryan... Put you on killed, that hat, baby. You, you killed Ring of Honor again. <laughs> you even killed the resurrection. Sorry. Listen, I like your idea. God, I already forgot if you even said it on the air or, if, uh, you know, I know you said it to me off air. But I love the idea that you had of, like, AEW having a streaming platform and then you have Ring of Honor on there. Mm-hmm. It yep. could be called, like, Elite Honor Club or Elite Honor something. I don't know. You know, Honor you have Club Ring- Elite. Something like that. I don't need. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. And then you have all the AEW pay per views on there. You have, um, you know, the dynamites uploaded after they air, like a day after, or whatever. Uh, all like the rampages. You can even put like dark and elevation on there. And then you can have all the Ring of Honor weekly TV shows and the Ring of Honor pay per views in there. And you can even charge. I mean, like you know, like, I mean, yeah, ten dollars for that. God, that would be a freaking steal for for both of those together. 
even if they charge a little bit more, just say they charge like fifteen dollars a month like for part- to get two companies, pay per views, and weekly TVs on there. I think that would be worth the base. The base is like ten bucks, but if you want it, charge more for like commercial free. That's like fifteen or something. They could do something like right, that. right, right. Yeah, like Peacock has different tiers on it. Like if you don't want to pay for the advertisements, one you can pay a little bit more. But if you want to go cheaper, you know you have to just deal with the advertisements. I think that would have been a way better. And because like AEW is gonna need some streaming service too, right? In the future, like you would think. I know. So it's I, like, that, that's why, like, I'm, why not take the little... Why not combine the both? Right. Take whatever resources you have from this honor club, right? And then just make a bigger fucking streaming service with AEW included. Because they have right, a contract. Right. Because they because have how a... much you can... When AEW gets a streaming service, how much are you going to charge for that? $10 for that? So you're asking 20 bucks for and separate... Got, pro- give me if a you break. want that... Hold on, wait. If you want the AEW content, that's honor club plus, okay? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my lord, man! What a freaking disaster! I, I was so I was out. I was headed to a restaurant for one of my friend's birthday, and I was like scrolling my phone, and I saw this. I I just started laughing <laughs> in the car. I was like, "Oh my goodness! What a giant what, L!" When this when is, you read it, be... when you read it, was this the first thing that popped into your mind? Congratulations! You played yourself. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I immediately thought of our list that we just went down today, and I was like, "Wow, this." I think this trumps CM Punk, honestly. Oh. I, th- I think that trumps me messing up. <laughs> Not, <far>. yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not uh, yet. Leo Khan. Oh man, yeah. This is a. I don't want to be that guy, but this is an L. This is an L. I, it's, terrible, I'm still, bro. I'm still gonna wait and see. Maybe something changes in the next couple of months, but I really doubt it, bro. I highly doubt it. I mean, bro, even Impact Plus, okay, even they, I don't know if they show their pay-per-views on there, but they show their, like, you know how they have, like, many, like, Yeah, you events, get like, more you know? bang from your buck yeah. from yeah, Impact you Plus. Get, you get more in that. I don't even know how much that is. I, th- I think it's, like, five bucks or something. God, and you get all those added-on events that are, like, just randomly thrown yeah. together, like, each month. Like, that's even worth it. How, how does, bro, how does Impact... Pro, uh, provide something better than like Ring of Honor. Like I just don't. Ugh, I I, don't I think Tony Khan bit off more than he can chew, because since he had the contract with, um, with TNT for AEW, his thinking is what Mario was saying before, for them to go to HBO, right? Because there were heavy talks about AEW going to, going to HBO. So what I'm thinking is Tony wanted to get a little bit greedy. And have both products on TV, but once he bought Ring of Honor and and understood all the issues and all the inv- extra investment that he had to put into it, thanks to the shit that they were doing wrong, then that deal never went through. So now he had to scramble. Mario told me off the air. <laughs> Mario told me off the air that that's why they took the title off of Jericho. It has to be. It makes no sense. If they were still shopping around for a TV deal, there's no way you take the title off Jericho. All right. 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 Listen, he. I appreciate that Tony Khan bought the company, so he didn't let it die. It's another place for people to work and with their roster and stuff and all that. You know, it, that's fine. But he should have just given it to somebody else and be like, "Here, now I bought this, so I'm like funding it." But here, it's your problem now, yeah. and, or, and or it's your you baby. Figure it out. Go give it to Freddie Prince Jr. Okay, tell him, tell him to stop with with whatever wrestling promotion that he's trying to launch, and be like, Freddie Prince, here's Ring of Honor. Do whatever the hell you want with it. Yeah. And, like, here, and here's half a million. Tony Khan, I'm beginning to think Tony Khan's a, like an idiot. Like based on all the things he's been doing with Ring of Honor. I'm starting to think he's actually clueless. More clueless than I actually thought he was. 
And I love Tony Khan because I'm, I'm forever grateful for him and things he's doing with AEW and has <laughs> done with AEW is great. But this Ring of Honor thing, it, it's just been an epic disaster. I'm, I'm really curious to see how this conversation went with um with Tony Khan and I guess like the core people that are going to be part of this Ring of Honor project and then they just respond to Tony Khan like this. What you just said <laughs> is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. But but, but I have a wrestling company. All right. And Tony let's... probably he's so he probably is like so pumped like let's go. Like he thinks this is probably the greatest thing <laughs> that he's ever done in the history of pro wrestling. Just like every single Friday night he he tweets out, we got a great hour of pro wrestling for you with AEW Rampage. And it's like the worst hour of professional wrestling I have ever seen each single week. But he thinks it's like the greatest thing. He thinks he books like the most, the greatest cards ever. So he probably thinks this is a huge tub. Whoa, whoa. Uh, man, he's probably on a high right now. Headed to the Jaguars <laughs> game on a high, thinking don't, about Honor Club. Don't say that because there's rumors out there. That... Well, you know what? <laughs> Long live the Ocho. All right, let's... uh. Let's move Yo, on say to a prayer for the Ocho. Yeah. Let's uh let's move on to uh The Luchis Night two. night 2 brought to you by Rebel. Hashtag it's Rebel time. Mmm, refreshing. Oh man, that's some good stuff right there. It gives you wings. It really does. Yeah, Thank you, does. voice of the Luchis. No problem. That's why I'm here. All right, we're going to start off the Luchis. Number one. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> part two. Part okay. de, de. Part yeah. Yeah. With, let's start, let's start, let's get people in their feels, Ryan. Yeah. Because I know we're going to piss some people off. Say you it, know. Go. Love I'm it. sure like we pissed people off um, last night. But actually, you know what? Pause on that because I forgot Pause. to do something yesterday, too. Pause on that. When we announced Female Wrestler of the Year, I forgot to give some honorable mentions. Ah, okay. That All is. right, so really, really quick, honorable mentions for Female Wrestler of the Year. I just wanted to throw these names out there. Big Tasha Steeles fan here from Impact Wrestling. I think she had a great year. She just couldn't break that top 10 list. Uh, Tyle Valkyrie has been fucking collecting titles all over the fucking world. Wanted to mention her. Bailey, since her return, I know the booking of Damage Control has been an atrocity, but in ring-wise, Bailey has been killing it. Uh, Rhea Ripley, come on, mommy. Let's let's be honest here. <laughs> right in that the is field. some of her first, best work. Right, right in the fields. Uh, Liv Morgan. I have to mention Liv Morgan because she did have a great a year. Um, regards how you feel about her title reign, I still think she had a good year. And uh, Mia Yim, she made a return. She also had a, a pretty decent run in Impact Wrestling. And then last but not least, this might be the first year she does not make our top ten list. But anytime she's in the ring, she's just a phenomenal performer. And that's Charlotte Flair. You know, she Ooh. kind of was around for the first quarter. And then, you know, she's out. She got married. But Charlotte Flair, amazing in-ring talent. And I'm looking forward to seeing her return. And I'm saying this right now. The day this woman retires, we're going to fucking miss her. The people that are like, oh, I can't stand Charlotte Flair. She's always I'm winning the title. To You're going to fucking miss her. Because she's Damn. arguably the greatest Jeez. women's wrestler of all time. Mm -hmm. Already. And she's still going. Okay. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think a lot of we take a lot of these performers for granted these days because they're pushed and shoved down our throats a lot. But when they're gone, man, definitely miss them. All right, let's go, guys. 
top 10 male wrestlers of the year. Here we go. Top 10 male wrestlers of the year. At number 10. Coming in number 10, <laughs> down a couple spots from last year, but um, I still wanted to – he ha- he needed to be on this list because he's had incredible matches all year round. Um, unfortunately, he just got injured a couple – about a month ago, give or take, and that's Hangman Page. Hangman Page started off the year as world champion, started off putting great matches with Brian Danielson, uh, Lance Archer. He defended the title against CM Punk. Regardless of how you feel about some of the shenanigans that happened there, the match was good too. Heyman Page, great talent. Don't know what exactly you're going to see from him in 2023, but he's he's going to be in the conversation always to me in my book. Yeah, he, like you said, entered the year as AEW champ. God, that match with Brian on the TBS debut was awesome. The Lance Archer match was freaking awesome. The matches with Adam Cole, yep. of course, were awesome. Uh, you know, dropped about the CM Punk and then, you know, kind of was in limbo for a while and, uh, you know, got hurt, unfortunately. But he's back now and uh, closing out the year strong. So, yeah, I mean, Hangman had to be on this list. There's no way we could have left him off and, uh, you know, just barely made it. But, you know, he was he had a, he had a really good year. I also wanted to throw out the, the incredible uh, six-man match that we got it all out with him in the Dark yep. Order versus the Elite. That match was phenomenal, too. One of my favorite matches of that night. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Hangman's incredible, man. He was one hell of a performer. All right, coming in at number nine. Oh, number nine for Male Wrestler of the Year. Luigi's 9-2. A guy Luigi's 6. He, 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 Leo reminds me of, like, the, 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 the things from Toy Story. What, 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 oh! The, the aliens oh, no, the little aliens. What, what is the... Yeah. What, uh, the, um, the green ones? What? The, when, when, when they the see... The ones that drive the car. Yeah, when they see the light, they're like, yeah. whoa. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all I keep thinking of. And I'm like, I'm like wait, it sounds wow. familiar for something. And I'm like, I finally put it together. Like a banana? Banana? banana. 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 Sounds, sounds like a mini. All right, banana. Leo, Sorry. shut up. Sorry. Okay, coming in number nine. <laughs> number nine. Male wrestler of the year. Sorry. <laughs> you can't give me toys. <laughs> a guy that many felt that we left off last year that should have been on the list, but he was an honorable mention. That's the current Impact World Champion, Josh Alexander. This guy has Impact Wrestling on his back, yeah, he and he waves that flag proudly, let me tell you. I've seen this guy live. I've seen him in Impact shows. I've seen him in independent shows. This guy is just such a phenomenal performer. And I think people don't give him enough credit because, like, it's one of those things like, okay, who watches Impact? But when Impact is at his best, man, he's part of the conversation Mm -hmm. always. Hey, you said it, not me. (laughs) Who the hell watches Impact? I don't know. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) Damn! Damn, was that it? Congratulations. (laughs) You played yourself. (laughs) Damn. No, nah, I mean, he's he really is awesome. I mean, God, I would love to see this guy in an AEW or a WWE. Uh, he deserves to be on a bigger stage. And, uh, you know, he's just, yeah, I mean, he's when you say he's carrying the, the flag and he's literally carrying the company on his back, like, he, 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 no kidding, man. Like, he's just been a, a complete workhorse. And I think... I think it was earlier this year where, um, like, there was rumors of him being yeah. released or whatever, or maybe there was a storyline that he yeah. was released. Josh and then I was, I was one of those people at the time where I was like, "Well, his contract I, was up." Yeah, like and, I was like, I don't think this guy should make the jump to AEW or WWE just yet. I think he still should, you know, continue an impact. And I'm glad he did. He ended up coming back and everything, and then uh, winning the world title and stuff. 
And yeah, I mean, he's been having a great year. So maybe 2023, I don't know what his contract status is, but I'd love to see him on a bigger stage because Jesus, this dude is, he's a freaking machine. And just all year round, um, and it, when it comes to the impact realm of, of stuff, he's just been having incredible matches. Like the match he had at Mo- with Moose where he won the world title at Rebellion, I was there. That was one of the best matches I've seen live. They put on a fucking clinic. And then matches with Ishii, Eric Young, Kazarian not too long ago. And unfortunately, he's going to have to defend the title against Bully Ray. So you know who's yeah. going to be doing all the carrying there. Um, but Josh Alexander, he's just such a great performer. And then in the independence too, when I was in Chicago for All Out Weekend, I went to an AAW show, which is something I wanted to check off my bucket list when it comes to wrestling. He had a match with Masha Slamovich. When I tell you that was one of my favorite matches all weekend, fucking banger, 1,000%. Wow, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hey, it's like I said, the dude is incredible, man. He's so talented, and uh, yeah, I think he's, he's again, it's because he's an impact, you know. I, again, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not even doing it deliberately. Here we go. I swear to God, I'm really <laughs> not. It's just, it's just, it's Ryan. <laughs> it's just the, the fact and the reality of it that nobody really watches him, but he's like one of the most underrated performers in wrestling. Yep, 1,000%. 1,000%. And it's because he's an impact, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> okay, coming in number eight. Number Eight. Even number eight. Even with injury, <laughs> this guy somehow made it in our list because he's so he's stupid. had a couple of situations throughout the whole year. But uh, that does not remove the incredible matches he's given us throughout 2022, and that's the the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Whether it was Daniel Garcia, whether it's John Moxley, whether it was like some of the multi-man matches, including Anarchy in the Arena, or the matches he had with Chris Jericho. Hangman Page to begin the year. This Daniel guy, Garcia. yeah, this guy, at the at the at the state that he is right now in his career, it's like he hasn't missed a beat. It's like when he was in the WWE, he was kind of like kept like like a bubble, like Bubble Boy. And then the second <laughs> he left WWE and he got to AEW, he was like, I'm gonna have the matches I want to have the way I want to have them. Creative and he, control. And he's been proving that all year. Now, granted, he got hurt a couple times, but that's that's not that's not you know. That's not part of the, the conversation right now. Awesome. He's just been putting on incredible matches. Yeah, I think that's basically what he came over to AEW to be. I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed when uh, Brian's AEW run. I'm not saying it's coming to an end anytime soon, but I'm just saying, like, I think he's said in interviews that he's going to stop being a full-time competitor pretty soon, so he'll only appear here and there. I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed when he doesn't ever become the AEW world champ, because I think a lot of people expected that. I don't think he's ever going to win that belt, but he said that he doesn't want to win the belt. He wants to come here, work with the younger guys, put them over, like you said, have these type of matches that he would never be able to have in WWE. Uh, Brian's run has been great. I've been really enjoying it. And like you just ran down all the great matches that he's had this year. Um, you know, a lot of underrated ones in there. I, his matches with Sammy Guevara, too, have been awesome. Yep. Um, <clears throat> really just enjoying Brian Danielson for what it is right now because we never thought we'd be getting this side of Brian again uh, a couple of years ago. So yeah, I mean, he absolutely hundred percent deserves to be on this list and listen, 2023 looks like it's going to start off as a good oh, year. Yeah. For him because oh, yeah. It seems like he's going to be the next challenger for MJF uh, mm-hmm. coming up in the early part of 2023. So that's going to be interesting. That. Also the BCC are more united than ever now. So, Hey man, yeah. Hey, only good things to come out of this. Right, Ryan. Yeah. Right. Hey, you know, William Regal out, Listen, I was I was uh, messaging Iridian yesterday. Put Iridian in. Put her as as the uh, the honorary manager of the, the BCC. The, because the, they're 
the BCCC, the Blackpool Combat Club Consultants. Consultants. There you yeah, go. I love there it. You go. All right. Market. Coming in at number seven. Number seven. Man, you want to talk about introductions that I'm about to give this guy right now. Listen, this guy has been having great matches, not just in one promotion, but two promotions, three promotions, actually. New Japan, Impact Wrestling, AEW, okay? He's the man that single-handedly not only sold out Madison Square Garden, but the United Center in Chicago, okay? He is the current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. My guy, all right, Switchblade. King Switch, the catalyst, Jay White. Oh, man, <laughs> so pumped up for this guy making the list. He should have been in the list years ago, but he just could never break the top 10. But he is coming in at number seven this year. Oh, yeah, baby. Becoming the IWGP World Heavyweight Champ at Dominion. And, uh, yeah, just all over the place, man. His AEW debut was freaking awesome when that backstage segment. Oh, yeah. And you see his jacket. Uh, you know, Forbidden Door, he had a great match uh, with Okada and Adam Cole and Hangman. He's about to enter the year. Still the IWGP World Heavyweight Champ facing Okada at the Tokyo Dome. I mean, yeah, listen, Jay White, baby, King Switch, the last rock and roller, the man who sold out Madison Square Garden. And the I'm United Center. And the United and Center. And the United Center. Yes, oh, yeah. Forget about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, this dude is awesome, man. I'm... It's crazy to me because, like, for the longest time, it was like, what's Jay White going to do? You know, is he going to stick around in New Japan? I don't know. I don't think we know what his contract status is. I know Meltzer came out and said that he signed a seven-year deal uh, a couple of years ago, but then he came out and Jay White himself said that wasn't true. So I'm really curious to see what the future holds for him. I'd love to see him more regularly on AEW. So we'll see what 2023 has in store for him, but there's no denying that 2022 was a great year for for the Switchblade. At this point, every time Meltzer just says something, I instantly just think of this soundbite. Because he'd be just saying some, <laughs> just some, he either lives for the moment and he just makes a lot of bold claims and then he'll be huffing and puffing and just fumbling his words to try to like, well, what I meant to say was this, so... Listen, I'm more of a Brian Alvarez guy than Meltzer, so uh, that's not here or there. But, yeah, my guy Jay White coming in at number seven. Coming in number six, I say this with, with sadness because he just dropped the Ring of Honor World Champion, and that's the Lionheart, Le Champion, the Ocho, the Demo God, Chris Jericho, a sports entertainer, all right? My guy Chris Jericho at this stage in the game, is in phenomenal shape. He looks like 20 years younger now, like it, back in his WCW days. He's putting on phenomenal matches. It's like, man, this guy like continues to reinvent himself all the fucking time. You know, it, it pains me that, you know, he's not the world champion in Ring of Honor anymore, but long live the Ocho because he's still is the greatest Ring of Honor World Champion of all time, okay? And I know that pisses off some of the peckerheads, but my guy Chris Jericho is coming in number six. Yeah, I think a lot of people were kind of getting sick and tired of Jericho, and I was one of them, man. I was just like, Ugh, all right, enough of Jericho. I was actually one of those people at All Out last year where it was like, if it was like the stipulation, uh, if Jericho lost to MJF, he'd have to retire. And I was like, you know what? Just let him retire. Do backstage stuff for AEW, do commentary, whatever. I, I don't need to see Chris Jericho anymore. Fast forward to this year, man. I'm, I take back everything I said because he had a phenomenal year. 
the fact that he just keeps reinventing himself time and time again and makes things interesting. It's not even like he reinvents himself and it's something that I'm not even interested in. Like everything he does, I just feel like it's instantly must see television. And it's like, okay, now he dropped the Ring of Honor championship, no longer the Ocho, so that thing is dropped. But like, what's he gonna come up with next? Like, I can't wait to see what he how he builds on this, you know, and what what happens in 2023 moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, what more can I say about Chris Jericho? He got in phenomenal shape, yep. had some great matches all year, all year long. Uh, God, that match with freaking Ishii, Bandito, Eve, Bandito, Bandito, Masley, all these guys. You don't Ryan. even expect Jericho to even freaking, you know, anarchy in the arena. Like, fucking Eddie Kingston. Uh, the yeah, list just yeah. goes on and on with. The, the matches this guy just been putting on at, at this stage of his career, man. You would think, like, a lot of people would, like, start slowing down and stuff. But, like, not Chris Jericho, man. He's just he's just going and going. Signed on to AEW for the next few years as well. So he's locked in. He's, man, he's, uh, I mean, where would AEW be without Chris Jericho? I really don't know. Also, I want to throw in there, um, since we're on the, on the Jericho topic, on top of, him putting on great performances in the ring, Jericho and Brian, Brian also being on the list, they're also great locker room leaders as well, especially when AEW was kind of like in question and not necessarily like if AEW is not going to exist anymore, not necessarily that, but just like when there's so much backstage issues or whatever, guys like Brian and Jericho stood up and they were just really great representations of the company and just, you know, they're, they're just fucking pros, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, coming in number five. I'm going to take it back to New Japan. Okay, he won the G1 this year. He also had a great matches with Osprey throughout the year and great matches with Jay White. He started off the year capturing the IW. Well, no, he was st- yeah he started off the year capturing the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, and that's Karushka Okada. Another guy. Listen, anytime you have this guy on your list, like no one's going to argue because this guy's just an incredible performer. Um, just the way his connection with the fans and every time his in-ring presence, he's just a great performer and he's amazing to watch live. I was very fortunate to see him not live only at the Forbidden Door, but I got to see him live uh, recently two months ago in New York City when uh, New Japan was running um, in Manhattan, I believe, uh, formerly Nokia Theater. I think it's called uh, the I forget what the name of the of the place of the the venue, but nonetheless, Okada's gonna the Rainmaker. He's coming in number five. Yeah, listen, Okada, he's always going to be on this list, I feel like, man. I mean, even when he doesn't have his best year, he still does things that stand out throughout the year. Like you said, some great matches with Osprey, um, you know, with JY and stuff like that. I mean, best wrestler in the world. I mean, I don't think anybody can argue that. He's still going at such a high level. We'll see if he wins back the championship at um, at the Tokyo Dome. But, I mean, yeah, Okada is, like, just consistently, time and time again, just a real consistent performer and it would just be weird if he wasn't on this list. I can't imagine Okada ever really being an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. No, no way. Uh, unless he's like injured or something <laughs> like that's the only yeah, thing. Right. Right. All right. Coming in number four with all the names that we just mentioned for whatever reason, while he's right now at his peak right now, like he's doing incredible shit. I feel like when it comes to like great wrestlers of this era, for whatever reason, I feel like he's underrated. I think sometimes people don't give him his credit. This guy, even with defeat, some of the losses that this guy's had this year, he still remains at that top level, and he just has such a strong connection with the fan base. And that's the architect, the visionary, the Monday Night Messiah, Monday Night Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins. 
I mean, God, what what more can you say about Seth Rollins, man? Oh, Since freaking... the beginning of this year, because you know yeah. what was the highlight of the Royal Rumble this year? It was Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Yep. Since when he comes out with the Shield gimmick. Yep. And yeah, I mean, oh my God, that's whole, the whole entire storyline and build up too to him not knowing if he's going to have a WrestleMania match and trying to get onto WrestleMania and then finally does doesn't know who he's going to um, go up against. And then that, remember that back that segment of him in, in Vince's office, yep. Yep. When Vince is telling so him, like, and he's dancing on the yeah. table. <laughs> so good. And then, oh my God, the absolute freaking banger against Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Bangers another, with an S. Bangers with an yes, S. Another banger at WrestleMania Backlash and another one at Hell in a Cell. So good. On top of that, winning the United States Championship, having great matches with Austin Theory. I mean, oh my God, dude. Seth Rollins. I mean, yeah, of course you could say Roman Reigns is the biggest star in the WWE, but I think Seth Rollins really carries that WWE flag 1, on his shoulder 1, uh, really proudly because goddamn I don't it's it's almost like where would um you know AEW be without Chris Jericho? Where would WWE be without Seth Rollins right now? Like really, like you can make that argument because he's that like yeah, who's to say? he's always who's to say? you know he's a consistent performer and he's he's loyal to the company and just you can always count on him and rely on him. So you know, since you mentioned Chris Jericho, I also want to throw this in there. Seth Rollins is another guy. Talk about reinvention. This guy yeah. over the years, we haven't necessarily seen the same persona of Seth Rollins. Like, this guy reinvents himself all the time, and I've really been enjoying this, like, out-of-whack kind of, like, Joker-esque type, like, version of Seth Rollins that we're getting right now. It's it's just phenomenal stuff to watch on TV. Yeah, that laugh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right When he does it right in, like, somebody's face, I'm like, how do they not let just, like, How can you not bust out and laugh, it? you know? It's so yeah. good. So good. All right, coming in at number three. Another guy, if anybody was to say this is your wrestler of the year, I would not even argue, okay? Beginning of the year, he started off with a banger with Kushko Okada, okay? Incredible matches all year <laughs> round, not only just in New Japan, but also AEW, okay? He's also been killing it in the indies as well. He's the current IWGP United States champion. He has a big empire behind him, and he's possibly – already might have potentially the best yet match of the year in 2023 when he faces Kenny Omega at the Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom 17. And that's Will Ospreay. Fucking such a great performer, bro. I was there at the United Center when he faced Orange Cassidy, which was one of my personal favorite matches this year. Man, Will Ospreay is just next level. Next level. And his character development, too, has been amazing as well. Yeah, and the fact that he's like, you know, kind of changed up his wrestling style. He used to be like this flippy type of guy and yep. always ended up getting injured and almost killing himself and shit like that. And now he's more, uh, you know, he's he's just more smarter in there and he knows how to like, you know, he knows what his body can handle and things like that. Um, for the most part, he's been staying healthy. I mean, yeah, like you said, his work in AEW has been absolutely excellent. He's another one, too, like Jay White, where I'd like to see maybe in AEW on a more consistent basis just to to see more from him. Um, but yeah, I mean, current IWGP US champ, like you said, that match with Orange Cassidy was freaking awesome. I mean, this dude is incapable of having a bad match. I mean, he's such a gifted performer. I mean, my goodness, it's unbelievable. Um, and like you said, I just feel like the match of the year for 2023 is already wrapped up without it even happening. Oh, and that's Osprey versus Omega at the Tokyo Dome on January 4th. It's going to be freaking just unbelievable dude Meltzer's gonna have a fucking heart attack when he watches that match 
Dude, I might have a heart attack while watching that match. And if he goes to the Tokyo Dome live, holy fucking shit, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesus, dude. I haven't watched a Wrestle Kingdom live in two years. I am thinking about waking up and watching this live at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever time it is, just for that match alone. That's enough to get me to wake my ass up and to watch this show because, my goodness, all the stars, bro, all the stars. Listen, if times were different and it was easier to get to Japan, like, and what I mean by that is, like, I know it's a long flight, but I'm not even talking about the flight aspect of it. Just, like, you know, with the whole COVID situation and it's still things are not necessarily, like, back to normal over there. But let's say COVID never happened, okay? Let's say COVID never happened. Or it wasn't as serious as it as it once was, and Japan's still like you know going through like their situation over there. Man, when they announced this match, I'll be like, you know what? I'm gonna try to go to Japan and watch this shit live. Yeah, yeah. They, oh man, like for me when I went to Japan and back in 2018, what sold me on it was like Omega and Jericho. I was like, I gotta watch this live. Right? Yeah. This might be like one of those situations. Like I need to watch this live. Yeah, no, totally. I, I, God, I can only imagine what the vibe would be like inside the Tokyo Dome for this match. It's uh, it's it's very hard to explain, bro. It's very unique. It's it's different. yeah, it's like something you have to really experience yeah. to really understand. Absolutely. I feel like it's you know, yeah. All right, coming in number two. If just like Osprey, if you argue with this guy being your number one, I would have, I wouldn't disagree with you. Because this guy, you want to talk about definition of a company guy. You see a picture of this man for when it comes to the definition of company guy. This guy put the company on his back every time that he was needed. He's put on phenomenal matches throughout the whole year, not only in AEW, but GCW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Also in Independence when he does little indies here and there. He's a multi-time world champion this year alone. This year alone, he's a multi-time world champion, okay? It's nuts. And he also beat addiction. And that's my guy, John Moxley, coming in at number two. Yeah, one hell of a year, man. Ended the year last year, unfortunately, going into rehab and dealing with the alcohol issue and stuff like that. Came back. GCW, I think, was one of the first uh, shows at the Hammerstein that he was um, performing in again. And just ever since he has not looked back. I mean, you talk, I talked before about WWE always being able to rely on Seth Rollins, but AEW can rely heavily on John Moxley, knowing that he'll always be there to deliver. He'll always be there to, you know, if, if somebody got, goes out on injury, like we've seen so many times this year, you always know you can plug him in there and he'll step up to the plate and not get out of the park. This man still has not gotten his freaking vacation, and I don't even know if he's going to in the next few months either. Doesn't um, seem you know, like it, bro. <laughs> he was sick this week, apparently. Him and Renee were sick. Renee missed TV, but he was insistent on being there because of, uh, you know, without William Regal, he felt like he had to be there for the BCC and delivering one of the best matches uh, against uh, Takeshita on Rampage. My goodness, I mean, you know, two-time champ this year. I mean, God, what more can I say? I mean, really, it speaks for itself. Listen, man, he's had great matches all year round. Jericho, fucking Tanahashi, Brian, Anarchy in the Arena, CM Punk at All Out, all right? Yep. Uh, he's been having great matches all over, and that's not even including the shit that he did in GCW as well. Yeah, right, Blake right. Christian, Nick Gage, yeah. AJ Gray, Homicide, like, the just, the list just goes on and on, so... You know, shout out to John Moxley, one of my personal favorite wrestlers of of all time, not only this era. Yep. I just and his book is a great read, by the way. 
Okay, so just want yeah, to yeah, that. absolutely. Um, and yeah, he's coming at number two. But if you used to argue, hey, this is my number one, I wouldn't even argue with you. Like, why not? Yeah. Why not? Who's to say? Uh, yeah. Who's to say? Who's to right, say? Right, right. I would have no issues with that at all. But coming in at number one, and you want to talk about introductions? Holy shit! <laughs> Male wrestler of the year, Luchi's twenty twenty two. Shit rock out a little bit. Let that shit rock out. We should sit in silence and be like, raise that one up, baby. Let me read a couple of stats. Let me let me put the the best in, uh, like impersonation of Michael Cole and like um, Pat McAfee. <clears throat> the man has not been pinned since December of 2019. Over 833 days as your world champion, okay? The tribal chief. The head of the table. God mode himself. The self-proclaimed God of pro wrestling. He is your undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion. Roman Reigns! Put that one up, that baby. Good. Put that one up. Put that one up, Leo. <laughs> he ain't the twos. He's the one of the Luchi. Number one. Woo! I can start putting that down, Leo. Roman Reigns. Romano. The ring wow. guy. Leo ring. back in perfect time. I love it. Listen, man, it took um, it took a couple years. Yeah, it did. For this guy to uh, end up getting that number one slot in in the Luchis, all right. He's always either, even when we didn't like Roman Reigns, all right. And what I mean, didn't like him on a personal level, just like how he was coming off on TV and just like the over pushed and like I don't want to see this guy and like ten different segments on Raw, like it was undeniable that this guy was not a great performer. He's always been a great performer. Okay, that's never been the issue with Roman Reigns. It's just like just the the booking and there's just the character development and, and the, just the terrible promos. But the last, I think it feels like close to three years at this point, this version of Roman Reigns just gets better and better. And some people might feel like last year Roman Reigns should have been number one. Well, we disagreed. He was number two and we gave the, the slot to Kenny Omega. This year, it was very hard to argue Roman Reigns for us not getting that number one slot. This guy is an incredible performer. He always delivers in every single match. He is the marquee. He is that guy. He's must-watch no matter what he does on WWE programming. The whole story with the bloodline and now the Sami Zayn element, element of it. And then just going to Survivor Series this past week, where the, the, two weeks ago, both myself, you, Ryan, and Nick, we went to go... Um, See Survivor Series and seeing that bloodline bloodline entrance alone, live and in person, I'm like, this is the greatest fucking entrance in wrestling going today. It's it just the the mood really changes. The 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 air in the arena or stadium really changes when this guy shows up. I listen, I'm a big Roman Reigns guy now. And I thought I would never say that. Mm -hmm. Ever. Years ago. Mm -hmm. Years ago. I never thought I would say that. 
But Roman yeah. Reigns is the guy. He legit is the guy. Now we can say that. He's the guy. All right? And he's number one. All right? He's number one. Yeah, man, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, how about, how about that introduction, though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was beautiful. That was awesome. That was great. I couldn't have done it better if I tried. Uh, dude, I mean, yeah, enough said, right? I mean, the dude is unbelievable. He's on a historic run. The GOAT. It's just, it's unbelievable what he's done. And I totally agree. If you'd have told me a couple of years ago that I'd be a huge Roman Reigns guy in the future, I don't know, man. I have a hard time believing you, but how could you not be? How could you not be enjoying this run? And I don't want this to come to an end, even though it seems like it's headed that way in the new year. But my goodness, I mean, this dude has just cemented his entire legacy with this run. He really has. It's unbelievable. And like you said, the entrance alone, when you're there live, it's just on a different level, bro. I mean, really, the work he's done with this bloodline, top notch, man. I don't even know what else to say. I think that was enough to say. You know, Roman Reigns finally getting that number one spot. I think it's it's big for us. You know, for the Luchis. The either, it's about time. Either your most favorite or the most hated award show. That's like the tagline for the, Luch- the Luchis. <laughs> the most favorite or the most hated. But I do have some honorable mentions here. Honorable mentions. Uh, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. This version of Brock Lesnar. Every time he's in the ring, he just delivers one thousand percent. Shingo over in New Japan. The Killer Farmer. Yeah, Killer Farmer. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn alone with just the stuff that he's been doing like the like the the second half of the year. Cody Rhodes, I honestly feel that if Cody Rhodes wouldn't have been hurt, he would have easily been in our top five. One thousand percent. Yep. Uh Hiroshi Tanahashi, I thought he had a pretty good year as well. Here's a here's a here's a good one. Dax Harwood. Because even though he's part of the tag team and he did be, you know, he was tag team of the year for us. I do want to give him credit, and I want to make him an honorable mention because he's been having great singles matches this year also. Um, Bobby Lashley, Walter, a.k.a. Gunther, and Gunther. then and then Sheamus, man. Uh, you know, she, the, the battle Sheamus and Gunther have been having uh, uh, this year has just been incredible to fucking watch. They legit give us, like, New Japan-style matches on WWE TV. So uh, I definitely wanted to make uh, we'll those honorable that. mentions. We'll take that any day. Yeah, 100%. I think all those guys are definitely deserving to be mentioned here. Um, I totally agree with your Cody Rhodes point, man. He was on one hell of a run going back to WWE, having these great matches with Seth Rollins. If he never got hurt, who knows where he'd be on this list. Sami Zayn, of course, had an unbelievable year. Um, You know, yeah, I mean, everybody else. Gunther is on quite the run with the IC title. Sheamus has been having banger after banger after banger. Bobby Lashley continues to be consistent. Dax Harwood, unbelievable matches, just one hell of a year for him, as long as uh, the others, too. I mean, you know, they, they weren't quite enough to be added to the top 10, but nonetheless worth mentioning for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's male wrestlers of the year. Let's move on to events of the year. And category number two, event of the year, Luchi 692. Event of the year. Come. The Luchi Six. Coming in at number ten. <laughs> number ten. We're gonna start off in the beginning of the year. Cause I don't know if you remember Ryan. The week. Definitely don't. So. Yeah. So the week. This is all you. So the first episode of the of the Lucha Outsiders this year, all right? It was fresh off of Wrestle Kingdom, okay? 
But the first episode of the of the Lucha Outsiders, we weren't talking about Wrestle Kingdom. We were talking about Impact's Hard to Kill. I was so fucking fired up and pumped up about this pay per view because not only was the mat the, the whole card really really good, but then you had like the Ring of Honor invasion with Honor No More. We didn't know what story was happening there. Grisham put on a phenomenal match with Chris Sabin. We also had the first Ultimate X match with women. Um, Moose had a crazy triple threat match with fucking Matt Cardona and Big Cass. And then we had a crazy hardcore match with Deanna Perrazzo and Mickey James. So, like, hard to kill for Impact really started, like, their year with a banger. Now, fast forward to the end of this year, not so much, but, like, you know, ha-ha, it's Shocker. Impact. Right, but, like, they really started <laughs> off the year with, like, a banger. So, they're coming in at number 10. Yeah, listen, they always do this, man. I, and this impact hard to kill coming up uh, in the new year, too. A couple of matches besides, the, obviously, the main event, the Bully Ray and uh, Josh Alexander match. Hey. Uh, a couple of the other matches, you know, it, it, it looks like it's going to be another, you know, replay of earlier this year where they start off with a bang, with a hot pay-per-view, mm-hmm. a lot of momentum. But again, they just don't follow up with that. But yeah, I mean, I remember specifically talking about this show actually now in the beginning, and it was crazy how long ago that was already. I can't believe that was this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, shout-outs to Impact. Their pay-per-views seem to be pretty good, but it's just like the follow-up and the, the weekly TV and keeping that momentum is just not there. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Um, I don't know. And you know what's also hurting Impact now for whatever reason? I don't know why they decided to make this this change, but they're also having their pay-per-views on a Friday now. Like, who's really going to watch your pay-per-views on a Friday? Like, I, I, it's it's hard for me. I, I don't know. Like, if I yeah. get to it, I get to it. But, like, it's, it's hard to watch, like, a pay-per-view, like, on a Friday. And I think we we're even cracking jokes, like – this year's Bound for Glory, right? That was like their debut on a Friday. And they had like really tough competition because you had like a stacked SmackDown happening. I forgot what was the SmackDown that, that what was going on, but I know it was stacked. And then you had like two back-to-back great cars from AEW, Rampage and Battle of the Belts. Bound for Glory was like the least everybody was talking about. Nobody was talking about that. And that's supposed to be their biggest show of the year. I know. Supposedly. So, it's unfortunate. Yeah, that's all you need to know. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate, but um, coming in at number nine, um, we're gonna stick to Impact and we're gonna talk about Rebellion, another great uh, Impact pay per view. I was there live, and it was main evented by Josh Alexander and Moose for the world title, which is one of the best matches I saw this year live, and I think even on TV is it's one of the best watches. It's just an cr- amazing match. And um, you had a great triple threat match with Steve Macklin, Chris Saban, and Jay White. Steve Macklin actually picked up the win. And, you know, we talked about Steve Macklin yesterday on how great of a year he's been having. Tor- uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Jonah. That was another great banger, too. Overall, the-, the whole show was really good. And once again, it's just impact being impact. You kind of put these great pay-per-views on. But then, like... Let's let's follow this up with like the momentum that you're coming into this pay-per-view. And unfortunately, I think Rebellion and maybe even Slammiversary were like the last like three shows that they did. Like they had so much momentum and then everything started going like downhill little by little. Yeah, yeah, it's a common theme for Impact in their pay-per-views. But uh, yeah, some underrated bangers on this show for sure. That Jonah match really stands out to me. Um, and this is this is where uh, Josh Alexander won the belt, right? Absolutely. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. yep. Yeah, so um, yeah, I feel like this event definitely deserved to be on here. Looking at all the events throughout the year, it's it's weird to say. I mean, as much as I, you know, again, shit on Impact if you haven't <laughs> noticed. Uh, 
these two definitely deserved uh, to to make the list. I feel like um, for sure because you know, yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, they put on good shows. It's like the Ring of Honor show yesterday. Apparently, it was really good. I didn't get to watch it. You said it was good, and a lot of people online raved about it. There's no question that you know these guys and girls don't go in there and show up and show out. You know, 100%. it's there's no question. I'm not surprised these shows deliver. It's just like, to me, they just don't really mean anything. But this one, again, it kickstarted Josh Alexander's run here. Um, so, you know, this one definitely deserves to be on the list. Coming number eight. We both attended this show live, okay? And while this was a really, really good show, unfortunately, what happened afterwards is what takes away from the show. So unless you, like, go through these matches and you kind of, like, relive some of these moments, you're like... Yo, but this was really a good pay-per-view. It's just unfortunate how things turned out. And that's AEW's All Out. Kind of not as memorable as some past All Outs. Like, last year's All Out was, like, one of the pay-per-views of the year. I believe that was actually our pay-per-view of the year last year. Yeah. Yep. Um, Down a couple spots. But overall, I really think the show was really good. CM Punk and John Moxley, they put on a banger, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson. You had Tony Storm winning the, world, the uh, women's world title. The amazing... Tag match between Swerve and Our Glory and the acclaimed, the Elite versus Dark Order to crown those trios champions. Like there were some bangers in 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 this pay per view. Yeah, no, there totally was. Like you said, it's down on the list from last year. It wasn't the best all out I've ever seen, but memorable in certain ways. Like you said, for that tag team match with Tony Storm winning the belt. Um, you know, the latter match, of course, was what it was, but MJF winning the chip and MJF ended up coming back at the end of en- end of the night. Mox and, and Punk before, you know, Punk went on his tirade. Uh, I thought that match was really good. I thought the main event was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a long pay-per-view, of course, uh, but it was a really solid one, I think. So definitely deserving. Coming in at number seven. You know, it's it's funny that this um this show made our list because I think when this show happened and just coming out of that show, everything we witnessed, we're like, okay, maybe there's still hope. And now, unfortunately, just what we know now, it's like, man, that that momentum and that that optimism ain't necessarily all there. But still, somehow this show made our list, and that's the first Ring of Honor show from this new era. And that was kind of like the the closing of a chapter and the beginning of a new one, which was Supercard of Honor, WrestleMania weekend. This pay-per-view was amazing. And coming out of this pay-per-view, I really thought to me, I'm like, wow, this was such a dope show. Maybe maybe there's still hope for Ring of Honor. Maybe something, something's going to happen. Something. Give me something here. You know, you had an incredible main event between Bandito and, and Jonathan Grisham. You had the one of my personal favorites, uh, of this year and like the the start of the trilogy of matches that we got throughout the year between the Briscoes and FTR fucking amazing tag match you know you had some other stuff too with Mercedes Martinez winning the Ring of Honor Women's Championship and then uh, Minoru Suzuki winning the Ring of Honor Television Champion so there's some cool stuff that happened on the show but overall this whole show was really really good man I really enjoyed it no I agree I agree this was a really good like restart for Ring of Honor it was a uh... It, at, at the time, I was, like, excited about, you know, what the future of this company was going to end up being. And then, obviously, now we know what the future of the company is ended up being. But um, I was in Dallas, and I was 
almost uh i almost went to this show but if it was just way too far away from where i was staying it was not even in dallas it was like on the outskirts of it so way too far but um yeah this match had a this this show i'm sorry had a lot of great matches on it of course samoa joe coming back at the end uh really memorable in a lot of ways and if honestly in my opinion one of the best shows during mania weekend so yeah i agree 1000 percent uh coming in number six one of my personal favorite shows I attended this year. I feel like every single match on this card delivered. And going into the show, the booking was a little wonky because it's like you have two different companies that are kind of working together and you're trying to tell so many different stories and then you have some injuries involved. So that changes, change, some changes were made to the card. But in my opinion, this whole card delivered. And I'm not talking about the pre-show. I'm talking about the main card. And that's Forbidden Door. I was there in Chicago. AW New Japan Pro Wrestling, John Moxley, Tanahashi, Jay White in the four way with Hangman Page, Okada, and Adam Cole. Unfortunately, there was some injury there. The the debut of Claudio against Zack Saber Jr., Will Ospreay against Orange Cassidy, which is one of my favorite matches of the year. Uh, the the fatal four way where Clark Connors had like his showing for the All Atlantic Championship. Uh, there were so many great matches on the card. FTR winning the IWGP Tag Titles. This whole show over delivered because I, I felt like a lot of people going into the show didn't really know what to expect due to the injuries and kind of like the poor booking. But uh, this show was great. Yeah, it ended up being a really good show. Uh, going into it, not what I expected the card to look like at all. Same with a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people were just disappointed looking at it. Again, the injuries, you really can't do anything about that. But it ended up delivering in a huge way. Like you just rattled off all these great matches uh, from, you know, bell to bell. I think this was the most solid wrestling show, like pure wrestling um, of the year, in my opinion. You know, like it was just like all the matches I thought really delivered. Mox Tanahashi main event was great. Like you said, OC and uh, Osprey we mentioned before was awesome. Um yeah, I mean, the IWGP four-way was great. So, yeah, I mean, definitely not the forbidden door we thought we were getting. Right. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, God, I, I, there was never any doubt that this match, this show wasn't going to deliver. Also, Claudio made his debut here. So, definitely, definitely a memorable event in many ways. It's also uh, worth noting that Tony Khan uh, yesterday in the pe uh, press scrum for um, Final Battle, he did say that there's going to be a forbidden door, too. Very yep. curious where that forbidden door, too, is going to be at, man. I'm, I, you know, for, for right, freaking Chicago again. Chicago gets everything. <laughs> for selfish reasons, I hope it's somewhere nearby. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, same. I, right, me too. I'm, you know I'm getting tired of doing all these traveling. Listen, man, give me forbidden. I save some cash. Yo, give me forbidden. Give me forbidden door at um fucking uh, what is this venue where they do Grand Slam? Yeah, at Arthur Ashe. Yeah, yeah do it at Arthur Ashe, bro. That would be fucking amazing. I freaking bro. love that be shit, so bro. So fucking pumped up it. and fired up, bro. If that happens. Yep. Yep. All right, coming number five. We were both there also for this show. This is actually the first show that we actually sat together as a unit, okay? And that's fucking Survivor Series War Games. When I tell you, I was on such a high going into this pay-per-view, even though we spent like 10 hours fucking traveling to Boston. But coming out of the pay-per-view, I was on such a fucking high. This whole show, minus the women's match, fucking delivered. But, you know, even with the women's match, right? Because it's not like we watched it. We were just walking around. We walked around right. the whole arena. To me, it didn't even happen. It didn't even happen. <laughs> the Both War Games matches. The triple threat for the United States title. Okay? The fucking banger with Finn Balor and AJ Styles. 
this pay-per-view was incredible. You know, and going back to a year before where Survivor Series was probably the worst Survivor Series of all time. Man, yeah. what a difference. What a fucking difference. Yeah, man, I was at that Survivor Series last year in Brooklyn, and it was awful. So I had to redeem myself this year, and I think I did. Um, the traffic getting to the show, my goodness, what a freaking nightmare. Thanksgiving weekend, it was awful, but the show delivered. The War Games matches were great. That storytelling in that men's War Games, will I'll never forget that, how invested I was on the edge oh. of my seat for that whole entire thing. Uh, the women had a great showing that I uh, I see, not I see title, uh, U.S. title, Triple Threat was awesome. AJ and Finn, great stuff. I mean, overall, it was like a mini takeover show. It really, it really did have that takeover vibe, and just kind of going back to like that men's war games match, and taking nothing away from the women's because I've, I've gone on record like multiple times at this point that the women's war games match was the better war games match when it comes to like an in ring quality, um, state yeah. base, right? But the um, the storytelling in the main event, and then the bloodline pick up the win, and then how we got there with Sami Zayn finally turning on KO, and then after the match we get the the, the embrace and the hug from Jey Uso and Sami Zayn. Like everybody just started losing their fucking mind, and I was just telling you, this is fucking storytelling. This is storytelling. Yeah, dude, it was it was storytelling at its finest, man. It was unbelievable. So good, so fucking good. All right, coming in at number where are we? We're coming in at number four. Another show, okay, that we both attended. <laughs> so many shows that we fucking attended. And that's AEW Full Gear. All right. This show, I I will say, compared to other AEW pay-per-views, I was a little down on it. Not because the pay-per-view wasn't good. It was a really good show. But, like, AEW, unfortunately, has – like, they – they set, like, a standard when it comes to pay-per-views. So, like, when a pay-per-view doesn't hit as well as other ones, it doesn't mean that it wasn't a great pay-per-view. I just enjoyed other pay-per-views a bit more. That still does not take away that Full Gear was such a great show. We had an amazing Fatal 4-Way for the Ring of Honor World title, okay, with Chris Jericho, Claudio, Sammy G, and Brian, okay? Soraya made her return to in-ring. I know some people had their, their opinions about the match. I thought the match is fine. Give Soraya a break. She's going to get there. Samoa Joe becomes the king of television, capturing the TNT championship. Uh, Jamie Hayter finally gets her fucking moment, capturing the women's title. You start the show with a banger, okay? I think AEW now is 4 for 4 when it comes to cage matches with Jungle yeah. Boy and Jack Perry and Luchasaurus. An incredible fucking steel cage match. The main event, MJF, John Moxley for the world title. Listen, we all went there knowing that MJF was going to win. Just seeing him getting that achievement was great. And then my personal favorite, the Return of the Elite versus Death Triangle. So far, it's still my favorite of the series, all right, because it's the best of seven. That match was just fucking fantastic, and it was just right in the fields seeing the Elite come out and just the ovation they got. Like, it's hard to describe, and it's kind of hard to explain the feeling that was in that arena. Like, you just had to be there to witness it and feel it. Yeah, uh, this it was so memorable this show for all the reasons you just you just ran down. You know, MJF becoming world champ, Jamie Hayter becoming world champ, the elite returning, that cage match was awesome, the Ring of Honor uh, four way, God, one of my favorite matches of the night. Um, yeah, I mean, for so many different reasons, this show really stood out to me. Um, the second best AEW pay per view this year, I think. I think it was better than All Out, um, and. Yeah, double or nothing. <laughs> I mean, 
that show yeah uh, <laughs> i want to i don't even want to talk about that show uh so yeah full gear was awesome it was a great final pay-per-view for the year uh for AEW, and it really it was like a um it was like entering a new I'm say generation. I, I don't know. It was entering a new, fresh chapter of AEW. Chapter. I feel like with yep. new chapter. with MJF and Jamie Hader. You know, the elites back in the fold. So AEW started feeling like AEW again. I feel like yeah. after this pay per view. One thousand percent. I agree. I agree. One thousand percent. All right. Coming to number three. We're gonna take it back to WWE. Okay. And this, to me, felt like the start of a new era for WWE. I believe this is the first pay-per-view that Triple H was in charge, and that's SummerSlam, okay? Let's start off visually. Visually, watching this on TV, it looked fucking great, all right? It was a very simple simple entrance way, um, but just visually, it just looked dope in Tennessee. We had some great matches coming out of there, all right? We had Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch putting another banger. Not as great as a WrestleMania match, but still a banger nonetheless. Also, Becky gets injured midway through the match and she still finishes you wouldn't even tell she was injured that's how great she was fucking working you got logan paul fucking we've been singing high praise of logan paul he puts on a good match with miz okay you had uh the mysterious versus the judgment day you know the 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 evolution of the the story that we're gonna eventually get with dominic mysterio Turning on Mysterio and Edge later on at uh at um I believe what was that Crown Jewel was it I forget no no, no the, UK uh, show. the Clash of the uh, Castle Clash of the Castle mm-hmm. um you had Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin you get another fucking banger between the Usos and the Street Profits and then in my opinion the best Roman and Brock Lesnar match they've given us all right with their like multiple fucking matches going into the show you're like. <sighs> Another Roman and Brock match again, really? After, like, what they gave us at WrestleMania that didn't really deliver, really? Another Brock and Roman match? But when I tell you, I was completely wrong. Because this match was fucking incredible with the fucking, um, what is it? The tractor pushing the fucking ring. Listen, throughout the match, Roman Reigns was getting beat the fuck up. He was getting trashed by Brock. But somehow, some way, even with defeat... Brock still looks strong, and he still looks like a menace, and Roman retained the undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship. So, you know, pay-per-view, fucking great. I love SummerSlam this year. Yeah, I was uh, so close to going to the show because it was in Nashville. I've always wanted to go to Nashville and passed on it. Um, and I don't, you know, totally regret it, but it was a really, really good show. It was the first show under the Triple H era. Um, the debuts of, uh, you know, Damage Control, Dakota Kai coming back, Io Sky coming back, Bailey returning. Uh, yeah, I mean, that the Roman Brock match that everybody, including myself, was just like, oh, why again? But man, they went out with a bang. Yep. The final match, hopefully, between those two that we ever see. Uh, I've never seen anybody lift the ring <laughs> with a tractor trailer. But I mean, that was just unbelievable. With Roman in it, nonetheless, was just. Uh, uh, a freaking sight for sore eyes it was unbelievable. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Logan Paul Miz stuff was great. Yeah. Like you said, Becky and Bianca put on a banger in the opening segment. So um, yeah, I mean, SummerSlam this year, I thought delivered in a big way. It was a really good first show under the triple H era to kind of like move into a new, new era, I guess you could say. You mentioned that how you, you passed up on going to SummerSlam and, and that's another thing on my bucket list too, going to Tennessee for, for something just, it doesn't even have to be a wrestling show. It just could be just a travel out there. Cause Tennessee is just mm-hmm. like a dope, like, you know, 
you know, bar scene and it's very yeah. live. I was seeing like a lot of people's stories that, you know, cause obviously you had like other stuff happening in um, SummerSlam weekend, right? I, you know, you had StarCast, and then you had, like, the Rick's, Rick Flair's last match show that happened the night after SummerSlam. You had GCW mm-hmm. running some shows, I believe, in New Japan. So, like, a lot of people were out in Tennessee, and I was just looking at everybody's stories. I'm like, fuck, man. You know, Tennessee looks like such a dope, like, party scene. It kind of reminded me of, like, New Orleans. But the actual SummerSlam show, right, I didn't watch it live, unfortunately. I had, like, a family thing going on. So I had to wait till twelve thirty for it to get like uploaded on Peacock because you can't. It's oh not God. like the it's not like the network where you can like rewind it back. You know when it's like airing live, it's not like the network. That's what sucks about. But I wait till twelve thirty and I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to fucking sit three something fucking hours to watch the show. You know what? I was not disappointed whatsoever. This pay per view was fucking great. I was at the edge of my seat during fucking Brock and Roman and. You know why I did have to wait a while for to watch it. It was it was really a really good fucking show. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was definitely memorable for for that spot alone. You know that track the trailers ring spots, and nobody will ever forget SummerSlam just for that spot alone. All right, coming in at number two, we're gonna take it way back, my friend. Okay, and if I'm not mistaken, all right, in the beginning of this year, I remember you hit me up. <laughs> Actually, no. I hit you up and I was like, "Hey, you know, we um, I think we're gonna do um this about uh, we're gonna do like something about the show. We're kind of like, you know, uh, we're talking about like, oh, we're gonna do this for the show, or whatever." And you hit me with the most famous line that Ryan would hit me with, and it was like, "About next week." <laughs> do you remember this, Ryan? I do. I do very well. So he tell, I'm like, all right, what about next week? And he tells me, about next week, we can't do the show because I'm going to be in Orlando for AEW Revolution. And, you know, I was like, dude, congrats, bro. Go have fun. Like, I'm jealous. I wish I could go. And, listen, I was not, like, upset or anything because, man, this pay-per-view was so fucking worth it. AEW Revolution was a great show top to bottom. All right. Um, it felt... A big, it felt like a big deal. Um, yeah, you had um the House of Black versus Pac, Penta, and Eric Redbeard in the in the in the pre-show. Okay, that happened in the pre-show. It wouldn't even happen in the main card. And that match alone in the pre-show felt like a big deal, which is crazy. All right, Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho, which kind of started this, this whole you know Jericho Appreciation Society versus um Blackpool Combat Club. This is kind of like the foundation of all that. Fucking banger. They start off the show with this match. Fucking banger. Yeah, Jurassic Express defending those tag titles against Red Dragon and the Elite. Warlow winning the, the, the Face of the Revolution ladder match. John Moxley and Bryan, the debut of William Regal because of that, which is like the yeah. birth of the Blackpool Combat Club. Hangman Page defending the world title against Adam Cole in the main event. And the CM Punk MJF dog collar match now i know a lot of people have soured on cm punk well not not a lot of not everyone but some a good portion of the audience have soured on cm punk but this match was fucking excellent here's a hot take okay and we we're not even talking about matches of the year yet but while briscoe's and ftr last night was a great dog collar match i still think that punk and mjf was better all right that's a hot take for you be pissed off okay because i don't live for the moment like melter um MJ and Punk was the fucking masterpiece. Just seeing Punk come out with the old school Ring of Honor gear and the AFI song 
chills while I'm watching this on TV. So I can only imagine how you felt being there. It's unbelievable. AEW yeah. Revolution, in the words of Iridian, 10 out of 10. They're coming to number two. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. All that, all those things you just mentioned on top of a, um, the casino ladder match, too, with Wardlow winning, um, or the face of a revolution ladder match, excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, that triple threat tag match between uh, Jurassic Express, the Young Bucks, and Red Dragon was off the charts. Um, I mean, yeah, the Jericho, Eddie Kingston was a phenomenal way to open up the pay-per-view. I thought that match was so good. Hangman and Adam Cole in the main event, you knew they were going to deliver, but my goodness, what a freaking banger. Um, like you said, the Mox and Brian with William Regal coming. I mean, dude, so much happened on this show. Like Punk MJF dog collar, unbelievable. We'll be talking about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, yeah, man. I mean, Revolution was the best AEW pay-per-view of the year, and it was close to being the best overall, in my opinion, wrestling show of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then number one happened. So coming <laughs> in number one. So since this is a show, right? It's not like like a show actually has a theme. I mean, they do, but you know. So I'm just yeah. gonna I'm gonna play someone's theme that was a big important part of the show, right? And let's see if the, the audience guess. Okay. Coming in at number one, show of the year, WrestleMania 38. 38, right? Yep. Night one specifically. Well, you know, as a whole. You know, as a whole, as a but whole, night but, one was just yeah. Night night one was phenomenal, but as a whole, WrestleMania 38. Uh, I went on record saying to you, I believe we were talking about it. Um, the the following show, where I think we even named the episode like Ryan's living his best life or something like that. I forget, but you know, you could check that in the <laughs> archives. Um, this year's WrestleMania, I felt in my opinion, could be top five best WrestleManias of all time. That's how good this WrestleMania was. Um, We were talking about that, you know, when New Hat came back from uh, um, Texas. Listen, this whole show, as a a whole, as a unit, right? And I know specifically Night 1 was better than Night 2, but just as a whole, as a unit, I thought this show was just incredible, man. And, you know, with the Austin return, having that main event match with Kevin Owens, you, you know... Those ma- those bumps that we got from Austin really uh I'm gonna start with Austin here since we play this theme. It was scary, man, watching it on TV. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's fucking taking bumps. But listen, Kevin Owens, he's such a fucking pro. And for those that were like, oh, he should have went to AEW. Listen, Kevin Owens made the right decision, okay? Yeah. He made the right decision. He fucking main evented with fucking so cool Steve Austin at WrestleMania. All right. Not a lot of people can say that. All right. Um The return of Cody Rhodes. Unbelievable. That visual of of just hearing his theme and then seeing him pop up with the with the Cody Vader, with the elevator gimmick. My God. The ovation he got, it was just incredible. It it, it was very hard to believe and see, man. But I was so happy. I was happy. I know I went on the rant like the next day because there were some people like, I can't believe Cody Rhodes went back to WWE. Uh, he's going to be Stardust again. You fucking peckerheads. You're a fucking idiot. All right? Um, the 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 beginning of this Logan Paul um era that we're in, with Logan Logan Paul fucking overperforming right and delivering one thousand percent with him and Miz against the Mysterios. 
Um, there was an unfortunate incident here in the beginning of the show of night one where the Usos uh, faced Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs did take a pretty bad fall and he got hurt. Um, I did not think that the Usos was going to lose the tag title. So, you know, while it was an unfortunate injury, but still, it was a cool little tag match. And then Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch in night one, they put on a phenomenal women's match. Um, forget about women's match. They put a phenomenal match. Um, that some may argue could have been match of the night and maybe even match of the year. That's how good Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch was at WrestleMania Night 1. Night 2, I know some people were down on Night 2. It wasn't as great as Night 1. But I still want to point out some great stuff that did happen at this show uh, of Night 2. My favorite, Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. Yeah. Listen, the whole feud going into it and the match alone was phenomenal. It was comedic, great stuff. And it kept you on the edge of your seat. Johnny Knoxville is all in when it comes to WWE, all right? I would love to see Johnny Knoxville do something else again with WWE. You know, just to go to show you, one of the biggest pops at the Royal Rumble was Johnny Knoxville, okay? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy to say that. Um, RK Bro, Street Profits, and Alpha Academy. It was a triple threat match for the tag titles. I thought that match was really, really good. Uh, Edge and AJ Styles, the match was what it was was what it was. I think the WrestleMania Backlash match was better. Still, yep. the match was cool. Pat McAfee, Austin Theory. Let me tell you something. Dallas loves them some Austin Theory. I mean, some uh, Pat McAfee, and they hate Austin Theory. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, what? <laughs> yeah, uh, not Austin Theory, Pat McAfee. Um, and then the congratulations that we got, uh, fucking Mr. McMahon, fucking Vince McMahon, fucking <laughs> having a match the with best, Pat McAfee. Worst stunner of all time. Man, that you know what? The, him taking the stunner alone was fucking hysterical. Okay, <laughs> go back. I think it's posted on on Instagram, Mick Foley's Instagram. There's a clip of um, Mick Foley's son recording uh, Mick Foley watching that, and Mick Foley. Yeah, 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 he's just dying. He's just dying. He's yeah, dying yeah. from the stunner. <laughs> Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar was what it was. I was not a fan of this match. But even with that, I still thought this WrestleMania was so fucking good, man. I still think it's like, if it's not top five, it's probably top ten best WrestleManias of all time. I thought this WrestleMania was fantastic. And you was there it live. Really was. You was there fucking live. And on paper, it looked terrible going into it. I was so like, oh, I was just so disgusted with the card. I thought the, it was terrible. So many rematches, you know, things I didn't really care to see. But, I mean, my goodness, yeah, everything you just ran down, it delivered in a huge way. One of the most memorable WrestleManias, specifically for Cody Rhodes returning and Stone Cold Steve Austin hopefully having his final match. I mean, who knows? There's rumors of him coming back, doing another match, which I think would be a huge mistake, I think. Going out against Kevin Owens, this was the perfect way to go out. He looked great. Don't ruin it by coming back and doing another match, please. But, I mean, yeah, even things on night two, like you said, with the Knoxville stuff. I mean, how much fun was that match with Sami Zayn? It was so freaking excellent. So good. Uh, just so many, just the whole show, the whole both nights, but specifically night one was just unbelievable. I remember walking out of uh, night one on such a high and there's no better feeling than that, man. Walking out of a show on such a high after seeing such a kick-ass uh, pay-per-view. And, I mean, my goodness. If, if there's any event that you want to be good, it's WrestleMania, of course. 1, you know. So, And it was. It was just great. Uh, WrestleMania 38, I'll never forget. It was definitely really, really memorable. And I don't disagree with uh, you know, it being one of the best WrestleManias of all time. Yeah, it was really, really good. Now, the final category, the Luchis, 2022. And we're going to go with match of the year. Okay? I think out of all years that I've done 
these best matches of the year, this one was probably the toughest one I've ever done because normally I kind of set a foundation where it's like, okay, I think I'm going to go with this match being like the number one slot and then I kind of work my way down. <laughs> I was, I just sent Ryan like a plethora of matches. I'm like, this is what I got. I, I really need your help. Cause like it's uh it's tough, man. There were so many great matches that happened this year. Um, just before we kind of break down the top 10, um, were you kind of feeling the same way too? Especially when I send you that list. Yeah, dude, it took me a while. I was bored at work one morning. It was really slow um, the, earlier this week. And I just, it took me a while to kind of put together a list, but we compared and everything and kind of swapped and flip-flopped. But um, I think we got a pretty solid list here, but yeah, it wasn't easy. It definitely was not easy. Yeah, this is definitely the hardest one that, that I think out of everything that we've done, all the categories that we broke down, this to me was like the hardest one. But let's go into it. Coming in at number 10, we're going to take it back. Early in the year, early in the year, beginning of 2022, all right? Beginning of 2022 when one of these guys was still in AEW, and that's Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, in early 2022, put on a fucking banger, and I believe that was his last match in AEW, with yep. Sammy G in a ladder match at Beach Break. This ladder match was fucking fantastic, all right? Yep. Um, I love this match so much. Sammy G becomes the undisputed TNT champion. And this was Cody's last match, which is very um, telling, especially with what we get later on in the year with him um, coming back to WWE at WrestleMania. But uh, this match, I loved it. That spot, I'll never forget that spot, that cutter off the off yeah, the ladder. The, the springboard, cutter to the <clears throat> yeah. ladder, and he just fucking nails it, and they're just fucking flying in midair. It's unbelievable. I mean, Cody and Sammy have always had great chemistry, but I... I think this was probably their best match that they've ever had together. And what a way to go out for Cody Rhodes. Who knew? Nobody knew this was going to be his last match. I don't even know if he even knew this was his last match in AEW. But, um, yeah, what a way to go out and just an unbelievable classic ladder match, in my opinion. Uh, Since we're on the Cody topic right now, and since this is like his last match in AEW, I do want to bring out, uh, point out, Remember the, the episode we did when we cut the when we did the emergency episode when Cody Rose like left AEW and we were fucking speculating. We were going so many different directions. Like, what's Cody Rose's future? Is he gonna go back to WWE? Is he gonna like be part of like this Ring of Honor initiative? Is he gonna start a new promotion with Conrad? Right. We were trying Boy, to were figure, we wrong. Yo, we were trying to figure out like every possible outcome with Cody Rhodes. And I think at one point during the episode, you just start losing, like, Cody Rhodes wants power. Give him power. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy how long ago that was already, man. I know, man. You listen, so much shit happens in the year, and then like you kind of even going back to like the Sammy G and Cody Rhodes match. This happened this year. This feels like it happened like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 nuts, man. It's it's crazy how much happens in one year. You know, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, coming in number nine. I was there live for this match. When I tell you, everyone in that fucking arena. Big Arena, by the way, was on the edge of their seats. They're, everybody was standing up watching this match. One of my personal favorite matches of this year. At AEW Forbidden Door, AEW New Japan Forbidden Door, Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay. I think people forget how good of a performer Orange Cassidy is because he kind of has like a comedic uh, gimmick where he doesn't care about anything, right? But when I tell you him and Ospreay put on a fucking banger, and it also goes to show you that Ospreay is willing to work with any individual as well. Ryan? Oh, there? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I literally thought you were like... No, 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 no. Going, I thought you were like adding more on top of that. 
Um, yeah, dude, we, we talked about this before and I kind of teased like, you know, yeah, like we're going to come back and talk about this, but this was such a memorable match. And yeah, I totally agree. Listen, you could talk about his character all you want, right? I mean, you could talk about how like goofy it is and everything like that. But I mean, dude, Orange Cassidy can freaking go. I mean, he 1000%. can freaking go in the ring. Literally, I feel like with anybody. I mean, he's he's been even recently what he's been doing um, with the All Atlantic Championship. He's having some good matches too. Just had a really good match, I thought, with Trent Seven on uh, on Rampage on yeah. Friday night. So, I mean, a lot of people made fun of this because, it's like, oh, like you have Will Ospreay, and this is who you're going to match him up against, Orange Cassidy. But I knew those people were going to end up eating those words at the end of it, and boy, did they ever! Uh, God Almighty, was just so freaking good. This was just. It was the best match on the show, in my opinion. And I think that this I was agree. one of the matches, too, where when I made this list originally, it did not have this match on there. Not because I didn't think it was good enough, but I don't know. I just, like, I it kind of, I guess, slipped my mind. Yeah. And then I think you were the one who was like, no, like, this match needs to be on. I'm like, oh, yeah, totally, 100%. It needs mm-hmm. to be on there. I think, like, this match, it kind of reminds me of... Um... AEW Revolution 2020, the first one when before the world went to shit, when we had Orange it's Cassidy back. and Pac. This, this this reminds me a lot of that match where I think some sometimes the audience is kind of conditioned where they really don't know what to expect from Cassidy, and sometimes they forget be, behind like the quirky and like you know lazy character that he could actually go and yo he leveled up to Will Ospreay. And I, but and I'm not mistaken, I think Will Ospreay had like really high praise for Orange Cassidy like after the Forbidden Door show. Like in an interview, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's just it's incredible how good Orange Cassidy is, and time and time again, people start people doubt him, and then he ends up uh, proving them wrong. So it's great to see. Coming number eight, we we're just talking about this show, and we're going to specifically talk about this match right now, and that's Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar from SummerSlam. Another match that had to be on this list. Listen, we all went into this pay-per-view thinking like, oh, God, another Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar match. Like, how many times have we seen this? I think the week prior to SummerSlam, I believe we went on the show, and I think, like, Leo brought up a stat, like, how many times Roman and Brock, like, faced off. And it was, like, multiple, multiple fucking times with, like, the single matches and then, like, the multi-man matches and stuff. But, man, this match delivered 1,000%. I think Roman and Brock... Went into the match knowing, like, listen, nobody wants to see this match, but you know what? Let's 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 shock the people. Let's give them something fucking crazy, and they accomplished that one thousand percent. And coming out of this match, neither guy was hurt, meaning like Roman was still champion, and Brock Lesnar still came out looking like a beast. Yeah, yeah, dude. This it, like they really just they, if this is, and like I said before, I hope this is the last time we've ever seen them wrestle each other. They really ended this. <sighs> rivalry with a bang and with with their best match i think the the best match since wrestlemania 31 which was their first match so the first and the last one were really memorable everything else in between not memorable at all but uh, i mean like we just talked about before the spot with the tractor in the ring um michael cole on commentary for this match is absolutely fantastic too so got to give him his props for that uh, they really, it was a great, it was the last man standing match, right? Yeah, last man yeah, standing. I yep. believe so. so. One of the most memorable last man standing matches that um, I've ever seen. It was it was awesome, man. I actually I did not want it to end. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Michael Cole, and I just have to point this out, bro. How great is Michael Cole on commentary now that Vince McMahon is not in his ear? 
god, dude, he he's, he's so actually good. saying the words wrestling. He's talking about like other companies. Oh, he's name dropping so things that you never would have heard him say. You know, when we were at Survivor Series, I mentioned to you when Michael Cole came out. I was like, wow, yo, they're really cheering for this guy. Like, <laughs> I, like they're cheering for this guy. And I, I think now the audience over the years, right? Um, they've really gotten to appreciate him because I know at one point he was getting mad. He, which I felt like the heat was like unnecessary. I know he played sometimes a character like on TV where he's kind of like heelish or whatever. But like I always thought Michael Cole was like a great broadcaster. But uh, in recent months, since Vince is just not in his ear anymore, man, has this guy really like he's really got to show what Michael Cole could be. Like, he's really giving it his, his all and his commentary and him just staying up. He's kind of giving, at times, just not to, like, a crazy extent, but he's giving me, like, Mauro Ronaldo vibes where he's standing up and he's going nuts, like, during a match. Yeah, he, he must be so relieved that he doesn't have to worry and overthink about what he has to say. And he can just say whatever the hell he pleases, and Triple H ain't going to be in his ear and scold him backstage. You know, he doesn't have to he doesn't have to worry, man. He doesn't have to walk on eggshells. He can just be himself, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, coming in number seven, we're going to take it also back to earlier this year. I believe it was the first Dynamite of the year, and it was their TBS, a TBS yep. debut. And it was in Newark, New Jersey, right? Is that my correct? Yep. yep. Hangman Page, Brian Danielson. Was that two? That was the second encounter. That right? was the second one, yeah. Whoo, man, what a fucking banger. And there was a lot of blood in this match, let me tell you. Yeah, uh, yeah. This match was incredible, bro. And we were talking about both Hangman Page and, and um, Brian Danielson when we were talking about male wrestlers of the year. And they really started off the year with a bang. And they kind of set the tone, in my opinion. That's how good this match was. Um, another incredible Hangman defense for um, for Page. And then also Brian in defeat still came out looking like a badass and still came out um, just being like such a fucking top-notch wrestler. All right? And that's, uh, you know, credit to both guys here. So... There was no way this match was not going to make the 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 you know the top ten list. And what's interesting is their first encounter ended our like uh, year the um, yeah. twenty twenty one, and they just made the list. I remember when we were doing the list last year, it was like, yo, we had the list set in stone, and then boom, Hangman Page and Brian Danielson happens, and then we had to like kind of like change a couple things. But uh, Hangman Page, Brian Danielson delivered one thousand percent. It's funny, you know, usually the first match in a series of matches is always the the best one, in my opinion, and it's always hard to top the original, right? But in this case, I think I like the second match better than the first. I just feel like it was more violent, like you mentioned the blood. Yep. Um, it told a better story. I feel like with the first match, like, it was so obvious that they were going to that hour draw that, like, they slowed the pace down a lot, and you never really thought, like, okay, the match is going to end here. Because I just feel like it, they, you know, in a way, it was just obvious it was going the whole hour. You know, I just really enjoyed this second one a lot more, and this the, the second one stands out to me more. Um, so yeah, I mean, there was no way we could lead this off. It really started the year off with a bang. It, it was uh, it was just incredible. All right, coming in at number six, we're gonna take it back to all out, and it's a tag match: Swerve in our glory versus the Acclaim. Part Uno. All right. I talked about this, uh, I believe, yesterday. Mm-hmm. This match was simply perfect. The match quality, the audience involvement, how vocal they were. When I tell you Chicago, well, Chicago with Jace, because it's not really Chicago. When they wanted <laughs> the acclaim to go over in this fucking match, yo, they wanted, they were ready for it. They were so fucking ready for it. 
Unfortunately, that didn't happen. You know, we got it in, you know, in their second encounter. But this match was just simply perfect, man. It was one of the best tag matches I've seen this year. Absolutely. God, God was just good, man. The, the, the crowd really helped in making it good, of course. But those guys showed up, showed out, man. It was literally like a coming out party for the acclaimed. Super over. Um, edge of your seat, just hoping that they would call an audible at the last minute, even though it's like, how often does that really happen, right? Like, it's not really realistic because then you have to relay that to the ref and then you got to let all the competitors know and everything like that. And then it ruins future plans, things like that. So it like, it was never going to be, there was never going to happen, right? They were never going to call an audible on the spot, right. even though it, people were claiming for that. But my goodness, this was so freaking good. Kickstarted the trilogy, which, uh, you know, the Grand Slam match was okay. And match of full gear was not good. But uh, this one was on freaking believable. Yep. Yep. Coming number five, another <laughs> tag match. And that's the Street Profits and the Usos at Money in the Bank. Listen, Money in the Bank as a whole, the show, it wasn't a bad show. It just kind of ended in a dud. The show was pretty good. Yeah. And one of the most memorable parts of this show was this match. Dude, this match felt like it was going on forever, but not in a bad way. It's that so much shit happened in this match. They were fighting outside, fucking... Uh, um, fucking Montez Ford fucking just launching his body over the ring. The Usos fucking... The double team moves. This whole match was just incredible, man. Like the second I saw this match, I'm like, oh, gotta know, gotta write this match down. This match was really, really good, dude. I love this match. And yeah, by, talk about another. Way, and by the way, the every Usos and, and Profits match encounter they've always had is has been an incredible match. But this match yeah. stands out the, the most. Yeah, yeah. This one just stands out on its own, uh, in my opinion. This was one of the best matches on that Money in the Bank show. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they have incredible chemistry, so I'm not shocked that they had an absolute banger. But I just feel like this had to be included, man, because uh, these two definitely deserve their props for just always putting on just amazing matches. Coming in number four. We're going to take it back to WrestleMania 38. We were just singing high praise of WrestleMania 38. On night one, we had an incredible women's championship match between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. They uh, this is another match where they kind of like set the set the the tone of the night. Let me tell you, this match was so fucking good, man. And Bianca once again gets her moment at WrestleMania. Uh, uh a story that kind of started at SummerSlam last year, where Becky just squashes Bianca, that left so many uh, uh left a sour taste in everyone's mouth. Like, how are you gonna do this to fucking Bianca, man? Like, yeah, I'm happy Becky Lynch came back, but why? And then we got like this weird heel run of Becky, which I wasn't necessarily a fan of. But in-ring quality-wise, let me tell you, oh, just a, a masterpiece that both Becky and, and Bianca did at WrestleMania. I love this match so much. So there was, it was impossible to leave this match out uh, on our top 10 list. Yeah, best best women's match of the year, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, it was like the culmination of an eight-month story, which was beautiful. Um, they definitely didn't make it easy for Rollins and Cody Rhodes following them afterwards. They definitely did not make it easy. Of course, you know, Rollins and, and Rhodes absolutely fucking knocked it out of the park. I mean, right. they, they killed it. Mm -hmm. But Becky and Bianca really set the tone because I believe they went on right before uh, those two. So, yeah, just such great chemistry between Becky and Bianca. Um, it was just – it was incredible, man. It re I, I, I did not expect it to be as good as it was. It was, like I said, best women's match of the whole year. I can't think of anyone that was better than that. 
Yeah, Bianca Belair is not only two for two, you know, back-to-back uh, female wrestler of the year in the Luchis, but also she's two for two at WrestleMania as well. I'm really yeah. curious to see what she does um, this WrestleMania coming up. Yeah. Um, all right. Coming number three. Now, I don't know if you have the list in front of you, Ryan, but, yep. like, I have a question mark there. So what are we going with? We're going with the first or their last encounter? So you go with which one. You talk about which one you think, and then I'll I'll – I'll say which one I think. Okay. Okay, cool, that? cool. All right, cool. So we decided for number three, Rollins and Rhodes. And I'm going to say WrestleMania. And the reason why okay. I say WrestleMania is because – and we were indecisive here, and I'm sure Ryan's going to mm-hmm. explain this when he talks about it. But mm-hmm. listen, all three matches they've had were fucking phenomenal. Banger after banger after banger. But just something about the WrestleMania counter for me – just hits different, man. And listen, I wasn't even there live. So if I have so much high praise for this match and I was watching that TV, Ryan, imagine if I was there with you. Like, yeah, like, yeah. So, like, that translated for me on TV, like, just seeing Cody come out and them just tearing it up, man. They, like you said, it was going to be very hard to follow Bianca and Becky. But to me, Rollins and Rhodes just followed it up tremendously. Like, ugh. Just so many near falls. They they gave us an AEW match. How about that? That's the best way to describe it. They gave us an AEW match. And I know you're going to talk about the match you chose. But, like, to me, you can't go wrong with either three. Um, I'm just going to go with the WrestleMania encounter. I love this match so much. And just seeing Cody return to WWE and picking up this big win. It was just right in the fields, man. It, it was just, you know, you could say emotional, however you want to call it. I, I just love this match so much. And... While all three matches are incredible, this one just has like a, a special place in my heart for whatever reason. Not going to argue it at all. Can't argue it. It's impossible. They've had three great matches, but in my opinion, the Hell in the Cell match yep. with the torn peck, I yep. feel like that deserves its flowers. I feel like uh, it needs to be on here because what a performance by both men, but specifically for Cody Rhodes. On freaking believable. So memorable. Um I mean, my goodness, it was such a fun back and forth. They brought the sledgehammer into it. I thought it was a really good Hell in a Cell match. Uh, oof, God, I I love this match. I really, I could, I went back and watched it a few times. It's an easy watch. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy to see when he reveals that torn oh! peck. And then, like, the, the, the brutal brutality that he goes through <laughs> in the match. I know, so nuts. I mean, Jesus Christ, you're, you're, you're like, you're watching that match and you're like, is this like, does he actually have a torn peck or did they do a really good job of just putting makeup on this man? Like it was so good. Um, And that's why I'm choosing this one. I mean, from a, like a professional wrestling, like bell to bell in ring, like standpoint, the mania one, I feel like, yeah, I, I definitely agree. It was probably, you know, the best one, but the hell in a cell match to me, it just, I don't know, man. It just hits different. There's so just something is, about it that I think we'll it deserves to be on there. I actually, uh, you know, I might put up a poll on the on yeah, we'll do that. Outsiders Twitter. I'm curious to see if people agree. And again, I don't really think there's any wrong, right no. or wrong. Like whether people listen, think even, it, listen, even their backlash match was great too. Yeah, and right. I feel if like that's the sleep, that that's like the sleeper of the three. To be honest with you, because yeah. you go back and you watch that match, like we always look at these like trilogy of matches or like when these wrestlers like face these face each other off like constantly right like how are they going to follow this up how are they going to follow this up every cody and ron's match delivered 1000 percent like every match delivered like it was never boring yeah boring no way the farthest thing from boring so 
yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to put up a poll That's after good. after this and uh, curious to see which one people choose. Again, I don't think there's a right or wrong, but I'm no. I'm a little curious. Okay, that sounds good. Coming in number two. Let's see if uh, people – I don't know. Hey, listen, you got to be a fucking idiot to be pissed off at this number two, all right? Like, listen, if, if you did not like this match, then you're just finding a reason to fucking hate. Coming in number two, we're going to go back to AW Revolution. You was there live, my friend. Doc Collar match, Punk. And MJF. Oh, violent brutality, just like last night. But I just think it was a better dog, dog collar match, in my opinion. Um, Punk's best match in his AEW run, in my opinion. Uh, the storytelling going into it uh, with MJF and Punk. MJF picking up the win in Chicago from Punk. And then, you know, everything just ending at AEW Revolution. And even, like, the Warlow element of it, where Warlow... Hands the ring. He passes the ring to uh, CM Punk. And then just visually the blood and beating the fucking snot out of each other. And then even the entrances. Like MJF got booed out of the fucking world. And then CM Punk getting like the the hero's ovation with like the old school um, AFI Ring of Honor um, entrance. This match was fucking phenomenal. I love this match. Yeah, uh, it was... It was awesome. They told such a brilliant story. Um, it was bru- it was violent. It was everything you could really ask for in a dog collar match. It was definitely one of my favorite matches of the year, and I agree 100%. It's CM Punk's best match um, during his very brief AEW run, um, and it was a great culmination. It ended up being a culmination to that that story we could have gotten part two yeah, yeah, if he didn't fuck it up but oh, yeah. um oh, yeah. yeah it was it was a great final match and like you said the Wardlow stuff at the end too i thought was brilliant uh god both guys were so bloody after this very memorable it was uh definitely deserving to be number two and hey even if you wanted to put it number one i wouldn't that, have even argued that argue? so. who's to say yeah who's to say i wouldn't right. even who's fucking to, argue who's, who's to say but coming in at number one Lucci's 2022 match of the year. We heard this music before, right? We heard it yesterday. They were a tag team of the year. That's FTR. And we're going to take it back to Supercard of Honor, where it all began, baby. FTR, the Briscoes, for the ROH tag title. Now, some may argue, who's to say, right? Some may argue that they're trilogy of matches, right? Just like Cody... And Rollins, maybe that's another poll you could do. You could put on the the old Twitter machine. Okay. What was the better match? And I'm sure a lot of the pecker is going to be like, it was a dog collar match. Well, you're living in the fucking moment, okay? You're living in the fucking moment because it just fucking happened. Go back mm-hmm. and sit and watch all three matches. Listen, mm-hmm. who's to say? I, listen, if you pick any of the three as your match of the year, I will not even argue. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's, isn't it so funny Like how like we had we had so many great trilogies this year? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, every single match was great. So, like, I don't even know which one's the best. Everybody has, like, their own opinion. I think that's freaking great. I just think the FTR and Briscoe's match at Supercard of Honor set the tone of the trilogy of matches. And I thought the the tag match was fucking phenomenal. Phenomenal. I remember coming out of there, right, and while great shit happened at WrestleMania, while great shit happened throughout WrestleMania weekend with all these different shows, whether it was GCW, um, you had Spring Break, I know New Japan ran some shows too, and then Ring of Honor show. Coming out of that weekend, I still was saying FTR and the Briscoes was the best match of the weekend. And this is coming out of all these great things that happened um, at WrestleMania weekend. 
I think FTR Briscoe set the the the, the tone and. I love this match 1,000%, but that does not take away that the Death Before Dishonor match, the two out of three falls, that wasn't a great match because that was a great match as well. I have that as honorable mention. Their dog collar match last night was a brutal, violent, excellent match. So if you pick any of the three, I have no issue with it, but I'm picking the first one that happened to Supercard of Honor. Yeah, yeah, I'm in agreement too. Without even seeing the dog collar match yet from last night, I just feel like this one was the best one. Like you said, it set the tone. It was, um, you know, like months before that, man. I mean, we didn't even know where this match was even going to take place, whether it was going to be in a Ring of Honor or in an AEW, uh, or if it was even going to happen at all. Um, you know, they had some like great promos back and forth uh, on Twitter going at each other for months leading up to this. And it delivered as one of the best tag matches. Well, obviously the number one match of the year in our opinion and the best tag tag match, one of the best of the year. Cause we just mentioned two other ones uh, in this as well. So yeah, I mean, what more can you say? These two teams have incredible chemistry, unbelievable they really do, stuff. They really and um, you know, FTR winning the, the ring of honor tag titles. It was just a really, really great moment. It was a cool and, moment uh, to see visually too. Yeah. Yeah. And this was one of the matches I mentioned earlier. I was like, I went to WrestleMania and I was in Dallas and I wanted to go to the show. This was a main reason why I wanted to go to the show. Probably the only reason why I really wanted to go to the show was for this match. So I definitely wish I was in attendance for it. But um, I watched it back when I got back to New York here. And my goodness, it's a a classic. Incredible. I I do want to point out, um, because when we were breaking down like these top 10 matches, I send you like a long list of matches. So I do wanna I do wanna give a couple of honorable mentions here and if anything stands out, you could just throw in um, you know, a couple of you know, just voice your opinion on a couple of these matches. Let's take it back to the beginning of the year. Um there's a show called Day One that started off for uh the year for WWE. New Day versus the Usos. I know they put on a phenomenal match a couple weeks ago on SmackDown, but they kind of started off the year with a banger. So I definitely want to give them flowers. Okada and Osprey. Wrestle Kingdom, G1 Final, uh, Rons and Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. That was the highlight of the, of the Royal Rumble. That was the match of the night. That was the match to see. If you're going to watch anything from that Royal Rumble, that's the match to watch. Young Bucks and FTR from uh, April Dynamite, okay? Phenomenal fucking match. Uh, let's see. Uh, Grisham and Bandito from Supercard of Honor. That's another match you should go back and watch. Incredible match. Um, let's see. Okada and Jay White from Dominion. Listen, I came out such a high coming out of Dominion this past year because it felt like Dominion of all. And a big part of that reason was because of Jay White and Okada. Uh, let's see. Blood and Guts 2. Oh, match you should go back and watch versus the Blackpool Combat Club and Jericho Appreciation Society. The Women's War Games match the Survivor Series is a match you should go back and watch. One of my personal favorites that, that happened this year um, didn't break the top 10 list, but just being in that arena while all this madness was happening was something that I hope it continues happening for future Double or Nothings, and that's Anarchy in the Arena. That was the closest thing as like a live stadium stampede. I fucking love this fucking match. Josh Alexander and Moose from Rebellion, incredible match. There were just so many... There were tons of matches this year that... That, that that was very hard to kind of break down, man. You know, uh, Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks from a Rampage earlier this year. There were just so many fucking matches, dude. You know, fucking Death Triangle and, and the Elite from Full Gear. So many great matches that happened this year. It was very hard to break down to top 10, but I just wanted to give a couple of those matches their flowers. 
Yeah, definitely, man. It was an incredible year for pro wrestling. I feel like we say it time and time again, year in and year out. It's like, God, 2021, an incredible year for pro wrestling. 2022, obviously, top that. What's 2023 going to bring, man? I mean, just uh, so many great things going on in, in wrestling all across the board. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it was tough to break it down and narrow it down to 10. We did it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot more that deserve to be recognized for sure. Dude, that is it. We just finished up and wrapped up the Lucci's 2022. Uh, Ryan, kind of, this is our last episode of the year, man. Give me kind of your final thoughts and let's see what the future holds for us, bro, as a unit. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it was a great year. Uh, a lot of great shows, a lot of great episodes. We got a nice studio over there. Um, I'll be there for the first show of the year on January 8th. Uh, so that'll be pretty cool. And yeah, man, the show just keeps evolving. It's crazy. I can't believe it's the last episode already of the of the year. The years go by so freaking fast, dude. But uh, yeah, like I just mentioned, it was an incredible year for pro wrestling. And uh, just grateful, man, that I got to be on here and we got to do shows and cover it all and attend some and meet up and hang out. And uh, yeah, let's continue doing it, man. Leo, we just wrapped up the Luchis and I know... You know, the, the interesting part of Leo, while he started this journey with me, the whole Lucha Outsiders journey, he's kind of taken more of like an on-air producer role, and he mm -hmm. kind of just lets us do our thing, which is totally Hell fine. Yeah. But, um, Leo, give me your final thoughts of the year, bro. Um, Just, uh, you know, you have a lot on your plate, man. And, you know, credit to you because this guy's like, he's Hold like a Jamaican. Thing. He has like so many different jobs, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, I'm not trying to be racist here. I'm just saying being honest no, here. like. Truth. This guy has so many fucking different jobs. This guy's like on morning radio. He's producing for this show, that show, and doing this and building some other gimmicks and and being a, a father and a and a wife and a and a, and a wife. Husband. Yes, I'm an, and, and a, a wife. So like, um, <laughs> any final thoughts, Leo? Of course, there's always final thoughts. Um, I think wrestling at, at its purest is supposed to bring people together. I think uh, that you have a lot of fans out there that take this for granted. When you have more companies and you have more competition and it's always good for the business. And at the end of the day, it's just about creating content. Uh, yeah, we did start this show, you and I. But like I told you from day one, this is a hey, two show, papi. <laughs> this is your show. Just like Antonio Tovio, who listens to us all the time, Renny Drovo, Brian Sendek, all the people that are always with us. They just share the show, let them know. Um, the day I have to tell you guys what to say on this show, we close everything. <laughs> the day I have to tell somebody what they have to say, I stop doing Los Radio. We are 100% independent, and I love it. It's uh, ECW, but without Paul Heyman. It's us against the world. So, yeah, just share the shit that we're doing. And if you could tell people that we have a little studio here in the in the Secaucus area, somebody that has social media and they need some social media management, we have people available. And, uh, yeah, LosRadio.com. I'm not lucky. I just work harder than everybody else. I couldn't have said better myself, <laughs> Leo. But, uh, you know, some quick final thoughts, some quick final thoughts. I get, you know, let me chill, let me chill. You know, me chill, brother. The face that runs the place, the, the guy that, uh, you know, that tries to, you know, manage different things, making up this list. Uh, listen, man, I love wrestling. I love broadcasting. I love radio. Uh, you know, if I could go back in time when I got fresh out of high school, I should have, like, either – Two things. I should have gotten into radio, some type of broadcasting, or became a wrestler. Clearly, I didn't do any of those because I'm a blue-collar <laughs> worker. But 
this is the closest thing I have to this realm, this world that we're in. And we're not going to let it go. And uh, I know my con- our content as a unit, our content, what we do for Lucha Outsiders, right? I know our content is good. Uh, there's other shows out there. This is not trying to bury other shows, but there's other shows out there that might either you might get the nod from like some higher ups or some of these bigger companies or whatever. But what the the content they put out is garbage. It's fake. You're putting on a fake persona for these people. They're and um, yeah, I'm not subscribed to that. So obviously the the end goal, the mission here is to make this Lucha Outsiders brand grow, right? Like that. Of course. Like I would love to. We would love to get paid by one of these higher companies. But like, you know what? We're going to give you this deal to keep doing what you're doing, but now you're just going to get paid for it or get more sponsorships or get all this, and, right? And now you have to push what they want you to push. Right. Clearly, I will love all that. Now, I also don't want to change, all right? I'm raw, okay? What you get Whoa. is what you see in person. I don't I don't put on this facade. I don't put it up this gimmick. I don't like a lot of people. Let me tell you something. In this wrestling bubble that we're in, a lot of your quote-unquote content creators, nobody wants to see your fat faces. Nobody wants to see you, all right? No chin having mother. Sorry. Too far. <laughs> nobody wants to see you. Some of you people think that because you do an interview with one of these wrestlers makes you like a content creator that's actually good. When you have the personality of a fucking thumb, that doesn't mean you're good at your job, okay? That's why you're not. You're not. Podcast. Um, but I love what I do here. This does help me out. I don't want to say mental mental illness or mental health or anything like that because I feel like people that actually struggle with that, like they actually have that struggle. Mm-hmm. I have my own issues with what I I go through with my personal life, but you know, just doing the show, talking to to Ryan, that's become such a important part of the show. Like the evolution of Lucha Outsiders, Ryan has played a big role on that. I think. Mm-hmm. Ryan fitting in Lucha Outsiders just fit like a fucking glove. Not the O.J. Simpson glove, but yeah. a glove nonetheless. Yeah, fit, but um, Ryan, I, I love you, it. dude. I fucking love you. You know, you you are younger than me, but you are very mature for your fucking age, bro. And I'm glad I fucking met you and just the whole Royal Rumble crew as well. And Leo, you're my bro- fucking brother. I couldn't be doing yeah, this you without did. you. Like yeah. I said, your role on this yeah. show has transitioned, but you start you still are an important part of of this show and. Of you know, let's just see I'm, what I'm the one that generates the passwords. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what the future of Lucha Outsiders oh, hold holds for us in 2023. I love you guys for the the thoughts, the friends of the show. You know, the people that tune in every week, whether it's listening to the the audio version of the show or to you know tunes in live on on Facebook or just follows us on our social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and and if Hive ends up ever taking off i don't fucking know but uh if you guys just you know just however you subscribe to lucha outsiders thank you so much and um you know i love you most of you not all of you because some of you guys are very annoying 38 percent of them uh, <laughs> nonetheless thank you guys so much um i think that's it i think that's it guys um, Musica. you know follow us everywhere at Lucha Outsiders, um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast version of their show, iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, La Mescla app, LosRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and who knows, maybe even Honor Club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that is it. Ryan can for that deal. No comment. <laughs> hey, no guys. Comment. Hey, guys, no. I talk shit about you. I, I made you guys die. Can we be on Honor Club? <laughs> Made you guys die. <laughs> what, a, fun. what a year, bro. What a fucking year, man. Another year down, baby. It's crazy. Are there any pay-per-views from now to the end of the year? I don't think so. Just Wrestle Kingdom, right? 
I mean, I know GCW is having a big LA show uh, happening next week, but like pay per views, pay per views, no. That's it. Nice. That's it. That's it. Uh, that's it, Ryan. We wrapped up. We wrapped up the year, bro. Crazy, man. I can't. Like I said, the years go by so fast now. It's crazy how it's. I don't know, man. It's it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. Why is time flying so fast? I don't know. Because we're having so fun. You know what's so nuts, too? I guess like, so. I as, guess we are having too much fun. As we're getting older, and we've had this conversation before, Ryan, like, you know, we're getting older, you know, we, we have more responsibilities. We need to cut down on shows, but somehow, some way, they just pull us <laughs> in. It's never going to happen. They just pull us in, bro. I'm going to the Rumble in January. You're going to fucking Mania. Yeah. I'm going to the never, studio. Never going to end. Leo's man. going to the studio. And then home. <laughs> balancing his work life and marriage and being a dad. And love life. Wait, wait, no. Hashtag I don't want kids. Hashtag bro. married life. Hashtag no kids. I Hashtag don't, no don't kids, do bro. it. Hashtag most of you guys can't. But, sorry. No kids for me, bro. No kids for me. I'm good. I'm good. I am good. Let's go. Se termina. Uh, yeah, I think, right. gotta, I think we gotta cut it down. No, 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 we don't. It's a little bit too long. Leo, shut the Taking a little bit. Let's Leo, go. All right. For the old man Leo. Yeah. For our double Ryan Radar. Double I'm R. yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Till next year. Keep it Rated R and stay Good. Mm, mm, mm. And good night, Ben. <laughs> <laughs>